0: just saying sam you can't airlock the crew you need to actually have a process before are we live jake i have
1: tenacity thank you
0: uh uh hi everybody frequencies are open (laughs) um welcome to clear skies our star trek adventures live play here with the stream punks we're back again um big episode tonight so we're gonna jump into it pretty quickly here but i do have i love the shifty eyes i get every time i drop any kind of like (laughs) and tonight's gonna be a doozy and everyone just turns Uh, just a little bit paler um let me just go ahead and get into the notes uh so what i've got for some announcements tonight before we jump into the game is that next week we are going to be having a dice giveaway we're giving away uh a clear blue set of dice uh jake could I i could ask your information real quick who is doing who is uh being kind enough to help us with this dice giveaway die hard dice Die Hard Dice. So thank you, Die Hard Dice. This is going to be good. A nice, clear, icy blue set of dice. That's going to be good for Clear Skies. So uh, so definitely catch us next Monday night uh, as well, because we're going to be, uh, yeah, throwing some dice at y'all. Um, also, it's a quick reminder, Thursday, this coming Thursday at 6 p.m. here on Q Times, Spy Game. The pre-tape that the StreamPunks did, uh, thanks to Black Cats Gaming, uh, full disclosure, I wrote for this RPG. It's my first uh core book that's been published that i have contributed to as a writer um and, that and it's one an of the stream setter. punks is
1: in it as a canon character what's if that I'm not mistaken. what's that one of the stream punks themselves is in it as a canon character that would be I'm phoenix if i'm not
0: mistaken <laughs> indeed indeed yes uh, i got really excited when i heard that they were launching the combat wheelchair for dnd because about six months ago when i was working on spy game i created a gadget called the phoenix which is a spy gadget in Spy Game. And so now Sam's chair is immortalized and is a badass uh, that we actually get to see in use in this particular episode. So I'm really excited about that. So this uh, Thursday at 6 p.m. here on Q Times is part one, and part two will be the following Thursday. Um, So, yeah, definitely tune in for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I should probably tell Black Cats Gaming that that's happening. (laughs) Uh, Predation, just as a quick reminder, we have our Predation game. We're actually getting close to the end, y'all. It's kind of sad, but we had a huge revelation in the last episode. Just as a quick reminder, for those of you who want to go back to the Cretaceous period, Saturdays at 12 p.m. on Q Times. Uh, if you want to watch the stream punks play dinos, it's a lot of damn fun. And last announcement I have for myself is just a quick uh, call out to everybody and Ox crew and people who've been asking questions. Um, we know we've fallen a little bit behind on the podcast, but uh, Q Times has done us a good solid and has actually hired staff to help us start uploading our podcasts so we can catch up to everything. So we've been getting a lot of questions as to when that's going to be uh, catching up very soon. So thank you guys so much for your patience. Um, That's going to be coming around uh, very, very soon. Uh, Also, as a last bit of reminder, based off of our Patreon, just to let everybody know, the champion level patrons, um, the thank you list has not been updated yet, and it's mostly because of how insane this past week was and the bandwidth brain issues that everyone's been having. So that's going to be updated this week. You'll see uh, the changeovers and uh, the upcoming episode uh, next Monday. That's all I've got. Would anybody else like to start chewing our audience's ear off with announcements? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, that's a Gina DeVivo, and, and it's a Bonnie. Oh, okay, so basically, it, three of you. Why don't you go first, Gina? What do you got?
2: Um, this Friday, at, uh, uh, over on the Pixel Circus channel, I'm going to be running a puppet RPG. Uh, we officially have called it TPK, or Total Puppet Chaos. Um, it's going to be really fun. I finished my last puppet today and um so yeah so go check that out it's gonna be friday night i believe at 6 p.m and it's gonna be fun it's a three shot and it's all the same players except i'm gonna be the
0: puppet master
2: instead of vince
0: (laughs) all right rad what you got for us bonnie
2: uh, Wednesday, right here
3: on Q Times, is Denver by Night, five thirty to seven thirty. Come see an all-female blood-sucking cast of uh, vampires, I guess. And then uh, Saturdays, Things in Space on the Dragons and Things channel, uh, Sunday, Saturday nights. And then I, it's it's that level. It's very pigs. It's very pigs in space.
0: <laughs> ah. Yeah. Bonnie, I'm um, serious. You're one shot that you do for the page for our, uh, our know, fundraiser unlock.
3: Look, I feel like, I feel like a, it's gonna happen. A lasers
0: and feelings, pigs in space. I'm just saying.
3: Y'all just don't know. Uh, <laughs> things are, things are, things are <laughs> s- s- shifting here and meddling in my brain. Uh, other than that, uh, I got some more music coming out later. Uh, but whoop-de-doo, I'll announce that whenever I know more details.
0: right um, what you got? Oh yeah, what's up? What's yeah, up,
4: man? uh, Phoenix Dawn Command here tomorrow, 5 30 PST. Um, come join us. I think I died last game, and Eddie <laughs> texted me, I was like, You're dead, and I was like, Great, so I can't wait to show up tomorrow and see what happens.
0: <laughs> Rave's like, I won't be in the episodes anymore, but enjoy the show, everybody. <laughs> I
4: mean, we are Phoenixes, so we do get reincarnated. That's part of it. but um, <laughs> it's it's great, I'll be living my new life, my new best life, hopefully, my new like life that I live for quite a little bit more time than the last one, but uh, yeah, uh, come check it out, y'all. I play a feral murder child. Um,
0: Phoenix seems what? to be the the theme of tonight's announcements. <gasps> Interestingly enough. Um, all right, Aki, what you got?
5: Sorry, I had a bunch of windows popping up and blocking <laughs> the mic. Um, uh, we, have, we postponed our premiere, but we will be going forward with it next week over on Saving Throw Show at 4 p.m. New Pantheon starts its third, third season, yeah. So please, yeah, join us over at Saving Throw at 4 p.m. Pacific time for new gods. It should be oh. fun.
0: Okay, uh, yes, Sam.
1: Speaking of postponed premieres, I did a whole deception last week. A darkened wish? Uh, It was not premiering last Thursday. That is uh, the streaming tie-in to the Canon D&D comic series written by B. Dave Walters, illustrated by Tess Fowler and includes the Uncommon Trust as well as Melee Damage and our very own Aki. That will be premiering this week as uh, Aki and I counter stream ourselves. It will be from five to seven PM, so you can certainly catch the first hour uh, <laughs> on Twitch's official D and D, produced by Q Times. However, I did not wholly deceive you. It will still be very gay.
0: All right, <laughs> Tender, I mean, this That's all weird. I have. Okay.
1: No, 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 no. no, no. Hang on, I, I, I do have one more thing. Yes. You know what the thing is? I think you know what the thing is, but I also know know. what the thing is, and you also know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, before we jump in, I just wanted to give a big shout out and thank you to Sea Films, who has always just made like the best intros for us. Just really thrilled and excited about that. And damn if Thomas Moroney didn't design us a fantastic, I'm sorry, not Thomas Moroney, DeBlutch Moroney designed us a fantastic ship, so.
1: Oh, and thank you, Eric, for surprising us with that. It's amazing.
0: You're welcome. Yes, I uh, I didn't tell anybody I was doing that. <laughs> I just kind of snuck that one in. I was literally dropped it into uh, into the uh, streampunks chat line. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, just so you know, I did this whole thing with uh, the thing. So uh, enjoy. Uh, all right, let's go ahead. It's been a while, you know, since we left space dock. Since we left space dock, so I was like, we need a new intro. We're out in Shackleton now. Um, we are very much out in Shackleton because tonight's episode actually opens with the USS Ross in orbit over a planet known as Jadaran. Having just finished the first leg of your journey onto the system that you've been assigned to, having detected anomalies from Starbase 364, you guys have all managed to arrive safely at the home of the Dishashian people. Um, we are currently planet side right now with the captain and the first officer who is in the presence of High Regent. All those as Kiel who is extremely happy to see all of you. <laughs> um the the leader of the Jadaran, the Jadarin people has been like gushing about all of the information that has been taking place and all of the developments that have been happening in just a short amount of time since the USS Ross departed uh Jadarin, and it's pretty exciting. Apparently they are witnessing what seems to be um Devastating climate change. And the High Regent is thrilled about this. You wouldn't believe it. The, the temperatures on the other side of the planet have been dropping dramatically. And uh, we're seeing what would probably best be described as uh, temperate zones beginning to uh, build up around the equator of the planet. It's it's extraordinary. We're actually seeing the beginnings of microbial life return to the areas where the um, crystalline entity, you called it, uh, exploded out from the rock. It's quite extraordinary. No life has existed on that side of the planet since, well, before civilization <laughs> cropped up around here. It's uh, It's extraordinary. And thanks to Starfleet, we have atmospheric condensers and all sorts of wonderful delightful new technologies that are making this a completely habitable world despite the devastating effects that would have absolutely had demolished our life on the surface of the world in just about 30 years or so so thank you for that um uh trying to think if there's anything else i should fill you in on oh yes uh as you know the defense minister has been imprisoned so that's good ah uh, she is still a nuisance. Uh, she still has people who are a bit of, uh, I would say, not accepting the truth, not uh, not accepting what's right in front of them, not seeing the tremendous benefits of the changes that are taking place in our world for the better, and are buying into conspiracy theory, and are generally just um, deluded. But don't worry, the passage of time will surely pull them out of their funk and eventually they will learn how to once again behave like rational sentient beings <laughs> and uh how are you all H- how have your journeys been uh dr yugas has told me some exciting things about uh your station here brought back images uh, if you can see here and he sort of slides it he doesn't give you anybody a moment to get in a word as he continues just barreling on and on and on with an excited energy um you can also see a few personal assistants uh, standing by him, just smiling with big, wide smiles on their faces, like really excited to be here. You can tell that they're probably younger, like I don't want to—I would say like new hire politician style, you know, like assistants in the uh, in in the leadership. And so they're just kind of amazed to see the new Federation aliens arrive. Uh, we can say the ambassador. You would probably be here too. Um, after about thirty minutes of being bombarded with just a breathless enthusiasm, uh, you finally find yourselves being led to the main dining hall, where before you were here, it was a little tense, but now is actually set up to celebrate your arrival. Uh, Dr. Yugos is here too, and approaches all of you in the refinement and is straightening out um, his... I would say his his very formal scientific wear the high collar black with gold trim going straight down it looks like uh very similar to sort of the the uniform without the gray top in fact it's just a single black piece with golden trim going all the way down it with crystals interwoven into some of the fabric that looks sort of Decoratorial. It has like a like across where the collarbone would be it goes all the way around, almost like a necklace has been woven in to the fabric of the of the suit itself. The crystals are translucent amber in color and have a slight glow to them and sort of emit a soft warmth. He um, is looking quite refined, and as everyone's taking their seats at the table, you catch a break in conversation as. The High Regent is turning and talking to a few of the servants, um, the staff here that are just eager to serve. You goss leans across the table and looks at you, XEO, and you, Captain Sull, and you, Olin, and just says I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I sent the pictures ahead uh before we when we when we arrived in system and, and as you can see the high regent can be somewhat excitable. I apologize if he's being draining.
1: I think this is precisely what charges our ambassador's batteries.
0: Ah, yes. This must be this must be quite the experience for you, ambassador.
5: It's delightful to be back. I wasn't sure when that would happen, so it's really good to be here. And this, this little excitement pleases me. I'm glad that you all are well, despite the um, interesting uh, phenomenon that you are experiencing.
0: Oh, the climate change! You hear the high, the high regent jump back in. Oh, yes, well, uh, it'll be extraordinary. Our species is highly adaptable. There were certain periods, um, we have survived two extinction cycles. Our species. Quite True. extraordinary. 75% of all life has been wiped out on this planet twice now. <laughs> and, uh, the Jashin people persist. It's, um... What we're known for, we're a hardy people, although I can't really compare us to other species in the galaxy just quite yet, but from the scientific studies that I get back, I am eager to learn about these... Endorians? Is that what they're called? The ones that have the miraculous sensory organs sprouting off the top of their heads? That's quite extraordinary. You know, the Jashashin people, our onyx platelets on the sides of our bodies actually help us detect the presence of magnetic anomalies. Of course, we didn't discover that until our renaissance of medicine. Ah, here's the food. And you see food that none of y'all order being brought to the table and set down in front of you. It looks like moss, just like the sort of like rocks. It looks like warm rocks covered in moss. And without any explanation as to how you're supposed to eat this, the (laughs) High Regent just begins talk, continue talking as casually takes what looks like a fork-like object and starts scraping the rock. And as scraping the rock, you see what looks like maybe some kind of worm being sprouted up underneath it as it just scraping it off and just mm, slipping it, like basically scraping moss and the the life that grows underneath it off of these heated rocks. And just says, well, um, before we begin, um, oh, it seems I've already begun. <laughs> Um, and at that point, Dr. Yugos just...
5: Uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, Olin cannot help but laugh, uh, <laughs> like, in response to his laughter. <laughs>
0: um, Dr. Yugos is looking at all of you like uh, like somebody who's excited for you to meet their parents, but is also really embarrassed right now, um, just kind of, like, nodding to you and just being like, I know, I know. I know. The High Regent um, says, uh, Before I teach you how to, to eat your meals, uh, I, I believe the most important pressing matter was a request. Did you want to talk about that now? Looks directly at Dr. Yugos, and Yugos just goes, Well, uh, <laughs> I had hoped that, that uh, <laughs> we would be poured drinks to help uh, facilitate, well, to, m- to make you more amiable to my request, uh, quite frankly, I was going to ask uh, Captain, uh, Commander, I w- would like to request quarters on board the USS Ross. I, I would very much like to join, in a civilian fashion, uh, her crew. I can bring my knowledge of subspace anomalies and technologies, uh, of course, to your crew, and I believe I would be a, a great asset. Um, of course, the, our deep space assignment has already promoted a new scientist to head the project, and uh, with the High Region's permission, I have requested this. Uh, all I require is permission to come aboard.
1: What do you think, Axio? Do you think we have room? After all, the Ross is so very small.
2: Well, Captain, there is already quarters made up. I suppose they could just stay where they were.
1: You know, that is a good point. Mm -hmm. I think we could use a few more subspace experts from what I understand from our chief science officer. They're nearly at the bottom of the rankings.
0: The look on Yugos's face denotes somebody who is, from, from the sounds of exhaling through the nostrils, you can tell Yugos is summoning uh, uh, all, all of the willpower to not bust up. But he just goes, thank you, Captain. Commander, thank you. I promise I will be, I will be an asset to you and your crew.
1: The commander will no see doubt. to all necessary arrangements and get you on the roster and set you up with our chief science officer.
0: You? Know. Dr. Yugos are about to become the first interstellar explorer of the Jajaran planet. You are Jashashi's first... Uh... I, does he does does he count as a member of the federation? Well, I guess we're all going to be members of the federation. I, would would you say crew member of the USS Ross? Would you say I
5: would say perhaps the first ambassador to the Jashashian Dish- people?
0: Oh, uh, I don't know if I have quite the acumen that you do, uh, ambassador. But if if I can function in any way, I of course am happy to to do so. Yes,
5: there is more than one way to be an ambassador.
0: Hmm. Ambassador. Well, we should make it official then. Um, Dr. Yugos, I hereby proclaim that you are our first official interplanetary ambassador of Jadaran. Congratulations.
2: Congratulations.
0: Uh, yeah. He looks... Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I don't... Uh, d- thank you. Uh, thank you. That's, that's certainly an honor that I wasn't... To- <laughs> thank you. Thank um, you. You just see the overwhelm, like, I'm sorry, what will that entail, High Regent? I, 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 I You will speak for the voice of the uh, people of Jashashia, and you will be a representative of the Jadaran people on board the USS Ross, documenting and speaking on our behalf, and of course using your skills to help the noble and intrepid crew of their starship. Sound good? And he reaches all the way awkwardly across the angle of the table and pats him heavily on the shoulder and... Yugos goes, yes, that sounds acceptable. I I, I look forward to serving. Thank you.
5: And just in case you're concerned, it was a job you were already doing.
0: Oh, good. So, yes, I do know how to do this, then. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Thank you, High Regent. That's very kind. And I will uh, obviously uh, do the best to my ability
1: catches eyes with the people who are about to be pouring the drinks just to help this poor, poor man. Okay. (laughs) Also to toast and to celebrate, but this poor, poor man.
0: (laughs) So, as this begins to wrap up down on the planet, up above in the skies far above the planet of Jadaran, the USS Ross in Orban is currently a host to an angry, yelling Andorian ensign who alarms the chief engineer into checking on her. Right now, the high-resolution sensors, they've been installed, and they require fine, fine-tuning. Mm -hmm. their adaptation into the systems of the USS Ross chief have been Mm -hmm. delicate and it has been a constant balancing act you've been running diagnostic after diagnostic pretty much every day it's been about 12 days worth of travel and going the long way is giving you time to modify and calibrate the sensors as best as possible especially because you're six days away from mission objective this system that you're going to that uh, strange anomaly was detected in The sensors are going to be required to scan the system. Now, this system was specifically chosen because the system is that Starbase, that Narendra Station was not able to actually get a detailed scan from its distance. Mm
6: Mm-hmm
0: as a result of being over a over hundred light years away, could not actually detect what was going on in the system you're headed towards. And as a result, the order has been given to just work on, the so- work on the sensors, make this priority number one while, while we're, on, we're in route. And Incendari is currently smacking a data pad against the console repeatedly. Oh. And screaming <laughs> in an Andorian. Now, as a quick reminder to the audience, because we haven't seen Incendari in work, she is Andorian. Andorians have tempers And Sindari has an Andorian temper And as you round the corner You see it in work As A backdrop of that Blue skin Or the brilliant flashing white teeth Of a woman that's just going dur, 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 Just like smacking it And then she stops and she sees you come around the corner And goes,
6: hi chief And Sin, uh, Do you have a second Could I uh, speak with you
0: Sure, Chief. Yeah, she gets but up and
6: comes just over to be she noted,
0: her uniform and goes. I
6: know what you're going to say. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. It's just ah. Oh. Well, actually, I-, I wanted to share some techniques that Exio has been sharing with me in our counseling sessions. It-, it might help a little bit, especially when you get to the point where you might be damaging equipment. Okay. What. So we're going to take a deep breath in, and we're going to... I've tried that. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Sorry, Chief. No
6: problem. I understand. We're going to go through this together, okay? Okay. Deep belly breath in, all the way down. And we're going to envision the rage, put it in a bubble, and blow it away. Put it in a bubble, Ensign. (laughs) Now, see, don't you feel so much better?
0: Great, Chief. Thank you. That Great. Did it.
6: Now, now uh, I assume that you're having some problems with the high-res sensors. Is, is that what's going on here? Yeah. Well, why don't we just go ahead and take a look at it nice and calmly, and okay. we'll try to figure out the situation. Yep. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Chief. Mm-hmm. Now, why don't you show me what's going on?
0: Okay. And she takes a few steps over and starts running you through. You can see where the frustration has come in, and mm. the Blutch told you this was going to happen. He, he he told you this was going to happen. He told you the refinement of these. The Tellarite kind of sugar-coated it a little bit Uh, i knew he would (laughs) y'all have been basically walking a tightrope this whole time little like one point here means you have to adjust one point over here which sets off a chain Mm -hmm. reaction and now is another day's work to realign these high resolution sensors the Ross certainly has the power to, to use these sensors the problem is, is the Ross has so much power flowing through those EPS conduits as a result you're constantly having to recalibrate Garris has got nothing on you guys. you guys are having to recalibrate these sensors every hour since hmm. you left dock and it's kind of pushing the ox crew to the point of like it's causing some jokes sure. <laughs> on the on the internship communications in mail a lot of the engineering staff has started cracking jokes about how the USS Ross was already a bit temperamental because of how much power she's got coursing through her from two warp cores. Um, She of course (laughs) has the trait that she is temperamental and Mm -hmm. gives me, the GM, the option of popping threat to throw complications at you simply because as an experimental ship, she sometimes has Millennium Falcon problems and does things you weren't (laughs) expecting. As a result of this, the incorporation of the high resolution sensors chief has been a endurance test for the engineering team. The fun part of installing them now behind you, using them has been frustrating. And it's been, unfortunately for you, LaCat, back up on the bridge, it's like getting your Christmas gift and it's four days after Christmas and you still are not allowed to open (laughs) it. You can't use it yet.
4: 12 days after Christmas.
0: 12 days after 12 Christmas, days. that's right, that's right. 12 <laughs> days after Christmas. But who's keeping track,
4: huh? It's <laughs> <laughs> 12 now, days, three hours, 22 minutes, like, who's keeping
0: track? LaCat, every now and then, you've been getting alerts on your console. Uh-huh. Because every now and then, sensors are detecting objects in, in the path of the Ross that aren't there anymore. The deflector's dish is taken care of, as you do when you go to warp, like traveling through warp, every now and then the, the, the sensors are detecting shadows of things that they detected long time ago, alerting the crew of the Ross once again, like you hear the alerts going off. As a result, your sensor station has been giving you ghost data. You're picking up scans and that are high resolution, but not up to date and every now and then you get a false alarm that there's something, ta- that, that's, as, that's as specific as I can be. There's something happening outside the ship. <laughs> the sensors go off and then when you scan, <laughs> you get uh, you get a sensor malfunction.
4: Right, we could be being attacked right now and I
0: wouldn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. who yeah. needs cloaking devices?
4: Who, who, who needs cloaking devices, right? Um, could the Romulans be after us? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're here right now. You know what? Maybe maybe we're we're done meeting in like three seconds. I wouldn't know. I want not know. I just thought to keep waiting here. Um, is there is there um, a like uh, she needs to learn how to breathe and put it in a bubble? Um, <laughs> is, there, is there like a specific delay? Like or is it completely random? Is it like it's a thirty second delay or is it just like this is data from like. Ten minutes ago versus this is data from three days ago, and it could be either or.
0: It's it's not that thankfully it's not that big. It's like it used the 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 oldest sensor ghost you've gotten is from about five minutes.
4: Okay, great. but it's
0: enough to start throwing off the groove. And even though you're in orbit right now, surface scans of the planet are not reliable. However, the information that you are getting back, the Ross is able to detect. Microbes on the surface with greater efficiency and detail than it ever did before you're actually getting data readouts right now from the Ross when the sensors are working that are Enhanced to the point where it's almost like you had these spores in front of you with a tricorder the Ross is able to detect them from orbit with Extraordinary efficiency.
4: Oh, could I so it's uh, tantalizing Could I could I be um? Scanning those uh, organisms that uh, have come into being after the crystalline creature left. Like, can yeah. I? Those?
0: Yes, let's make our first roll of the game. We'll set the difficulty at zero.
4: Great, 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 great.
0: Um, um, go ahead fine. and make mm-hmm. the roll. This is a reason science check. Roll for the Ross. This is the standard sensors. Yeah, three successes. That's yeah. going to generate some momentum. Cool, cool, cool. Sensor cool, science cool. roll. With the, Ross, the get? Ross, oh, you know what? Let's let's make this fun as part of the narrative. I tell you what. To make this fair, I'm going to spend a point of threat. The Ross doesn't get to assist.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh no!
0: So you're literally using your science skills and what you can translate from these high resolution sensors. But the Ross, you you essentially, Lacat, <laughs> La when you scan the surface, you are detecting some microbial life forms beginning to form as there is a dramatic temperature drop in that side of the planet. However, uh, as you're scanning and getting the data back, the Ross chirps like an alarm letting you know no sensor data is returning, even though you're reading it. It's one of those issues.
4: She, she just stares at the camera like she's on the office. Um, I think that uh, no, it's, a, it's, it's her reading the data. And it's like, oh, great. Maybe this doesn't exist five minutes in the future. I don't know. Um, From don't know. your left yeah
0: sitting at the helm vren glances over at you and says wow that was deep yeah that was really deep
4: it's kind of they're kind of cute aren't they she shows them that he shows them
0: you the swivel thing. the computer screen over to him and he goes hey yeah brings it up on the main viewer <laughs> you see the whole bridge now can see the science read out
4: <laughs> it's, it's it's actually can you tell us about these uh these microbial life forms like are they uh, like, at what rate are they, like, returning? Like, at what rate are they, like, growing? Does everything...
0: They're in the, yeah, they're in the very early stages of development.
4: Um, does, does it look like the crystalline creature has altered them at all compared to the surrounding... Um-
0: uh. no it looks like if, if if it is to be believed that this planet hmm. is going to spawn another crystalline entity in the next few million years or so or however they predict there's no evidence that that's happening right now these carbon-based life are starting to grow around the surfaces of the crystals in the area where this creature was born which would <laughs> suggest that if something is going to be growing there that's going to sap all life from it it's not going to be happening anytime soon what's likely going to happen and what you would be able to put together, had you been on the planet, uh, LaCat, is that this side of the planet will probably go through an extinction cycle.
4: Oh boy. Um, it grow a- life, a- it will oh. grow an
0: entity, the entity will kill the life and be born, and then life will start growing again.
4: Wonderful. Um, during my lifetime? No not so no, probably not, not. you're not my problem um <laughs> I. <laughs> <Not> <laughs>
0: <it>. <laughs> the cat's like flipping the bird to the <laughs> not my chair not
4: my problem okay so uh but no the cat does does find this fascinating and so like i think this calms her down from the fact that she is her present is 12 days late but you know what this is actually pretty cool so she's gonna She's gonna take a look at uh, these readouts and enjoy that. just and just just as like a quick check in. Um, does Ren look better now that he's had his week of rest?
0: He does. Right. Ren doesn't have the usual dark bags under his eyes. He's a little more alert. And what you've also noticed is that self deprecating humor of his has mellowed out a lot. He doesn't seem as kinetic as he normally does. He's not as like he's not moving around. He's not bouncing around. He seems a little more focused. Awesome. A little more um, present.
4: Uh, can we say uh, so so i did the rubber band test on him like let's say yesterday and he ducked.
0: yeah <laughs> the rubber band test you mean you pop the rubber band when
4: i take when i take one of my hair bands and fling it at him and if he ducks that means that he's had enough sleep and if he doesn't duck it means he hasn't and i don't think he passed it last time and i think he passed it yesterday and so jane is in a good mood about ren she's she's in a Mood about these sensors, but she's not gonna complain about it, except passive aggressively under her breath. And she's uh, gonna enjoy these microbes that she's uh, learning more about. As
0: a, she- reminder, <laughs> as a quick reminder, as a quick reminder, Cat, uh, just real quick. Not only are the sensors frustrating, but you've had no further activity from that coin that ancient artifact has not reacted at all. Oh. It is, it is basically inert at this point. You don't know what's happened to it.
4: Um, I love that you brought up the coin because Jane was pretending the coin didn't exist. And she's just
0: sitting in your quarters right now.
4: <laughs> she's like, don't-, don't apparent, Like animals staring yeah. at it.
6: <laughs> I will um, say that there is a, a calm that comes through on your badge. Uh, uh-huh. Chief tech to Lieutenant Bacat. Uh
4: Go for Lieutenant McCat.
6: Lieutenant, when you get a moment, could you please meet me at holodeck one? I know the sensors are down, so you, you might have a moment.
4: I have had exactly 12 days. This is wonderful. I will meet you. Cool. Immediately.
6: So you, you did notice. Okay.
4: I, I did. I did. Um, I'll see you there, Chief Tech. Let cat out.
6: See you there.
0: Hey, before you go, Vern looks at you and he's like, "Would you mind if I started a betting pull over who could out passive-aggress the other between you and Chief?"
4: Uh, only if you're betting in my favor.
0: Totally betting in your favor.
4: Okay, good. Yeah, absolutely. Can you let me know what those numbers end up being? I'll do.
0: You want to share the pot?
4: Yeah, let's All do it.
0: Right. That's also, fair.
4: Also, if it looks like Chief Peck is winning, please rig it, but don't tell me you rigged it because I need possible deniability. Okay. Um, and he's gonna walk out.
0: <laughs> Looks like Vryn is gonna is gonna make a Cardassian joke there, like a lighthearted, like you're the Cardassian. Why? Would I? I <laughs> he gets about halfway into it. He's like, you're the Car- all right, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's low hanging fruit. I'll just I'll leave that alone. Do um, <laughs>
4: better, <bad>. um, no. <laughs> but yes, okay. Uh, okay. She goes to holodeck
0: number
4: one.
0: All right. Door opens
6: as Lieutenant LeCat walks in. So as you come in, uh, the first thing that you notice is there's this sweeping, like orchestra sound that comes and like hits you full force, uh, and you see that the holodeck has actually been transformed into this giant dance hall uh there is polished deep blue wooden floors uh and like uh, giant speakers that come up and you can tell by looking through the windows that this is Bolius. uh and so as you come in you can see tech and he's in his standard uh issue engineering jumpsuit which is a bright yellow amazing jumpsuit Mm -hmm. Uh, and he sort of twirls around a second and then bows to you and says may i have this dance and extends a hand.
4: Well, the cat is completely blindsided. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think she expected. And so it's a very hesitant, just like a head turn towards you, and like she mm-hmm. steps forward and like, what is happening? But she she, she positions her. I, I don't know. She takes her hand, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you see the like, what am I supposed to do? Uh, she takes her, your hand and goes,
6: just follow along and tech keeps eye contact with you and takes your hand and starts to move it in a formation that you're sort of mirroring him and takes your other hand and does the same thing and then as you sort of can look down and catch on the foot movements as well he's waiting for you to mirror him and sort of catch on to the rhythm chief tech if you're
4: about to tell me it's going to take another 12 days, I assure you this is not going to attack me from that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant- that dry delivery. <laughs> that, 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 that undertone of friendly menace. <laughs> <laughs> As the science officer just looks at you.
6: <laughs> uh, tech does sort of a spin around and then uh, says, Lieutenant, we are the heads of our departments. At the moment, We're not working together too well, and I think it's trickling down into our departments. The engineering is especially having a rough time of it. I thought I might introduce this Bolian dance custom to sort of get everybody on the same rhythm. It's not a sensor problem. It's not a technical problem. The crew needs to work together, and we need to find the rhythm, find the groove of this ship. And I think that starts with the two of us. Something is thrown off our groove, LaCat.
4: Cat knows what's thrown off their groove, but she's not. Mm-hmm. And in fact, LaCat mm-hmm. might be the reason the groove is thrown off. Um, <laughs> I think that she. This
6: is strange. Mm-hmm. I know it's a lot. Um, and I know that it's going to take not- some time. Is this how bullions conflict resolve? In a way, I mean, dancing, laughing, singing, it's all a good time. It's about communication and working together. Aw, no wonder Mala Ren fell for one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, it's gonna take some time, but would you be able to learn some of these steps with me?
4: Oh boy, character growth. <laughs> <laughs>
6: So <laughs> she's,
4: she's gonna learn these steps with you.
0: Great. <laughs> Kicking and screaming.
6: <laughs> into the Good, that's back. part
0: of it.
4: <laughs> kick <laughs> ah kick. <Yeah>. ah. <laughs> well, at least there's some catharsis in that. Um yeah. Okay, okay. Show me show me these steps. Show me these steps. You seem very convinced that uh this is going to help us communicate better and it's been 12 days without my sensors. It's not like parent, how long exactly, Chief Tech? So well, they are fixed.
6: Well, we are getting to it and this is part of it. You see, we're communicating better already.
4: We're communicating better already. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, let's, um, you lead the way.
6: And I can say that we could sort of fade out here as Tech yeah. takes the time to teach her. On that note, um, the away team
0: mission wraps up and beaming back on board the USS Ross, you arrive about the same time on the bridge as Lacat has returned to her duty stations. So about like an hour or so later after this exercise with the chief. Um, Lacat, you and Vryn and Prawl, who immediately rises up from the center chair and uh, resumes his position back at security, see, Stepping onto the bridge with a Starfleet communicator on his formal wear is Dr. Yugos. And just brilliant smile on his face as he glances around. Um, Captain, as you move down towards the center chair, Lieutenant Commander Prahl just says, we are currently uh, in standard orbit, Captain. No unusual sensor readings, although I'm not 100% sure we'd be able to tell if we found one. Uh, Chief Tech assures us that he's doing his best job, and we believe that's true, of course, because it's Chief Tech. But Cens- essentially, Captain, the sensors are still in the same position that they were when you left.
1: Saul so looks over, just flicks their eyes to Lakat, really just trying to judge the height of the shoulders. <laughs>
0: It's hard to tell when a Cardassian is carrying tension in their shoulders, uh, considering that they have very broad speaking shoulders. Those-
1: Right, they have those ridges. And so mm-hmm. when those go parallel to the ground, something <laughs> has gone terribly wrong. Right. But just gauges the tension a little bit. Uh, it sees the- Roughly.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Roughly, uh, better. Better angle, let's say, than, uh, 12 days, 8 hours, and 14 minutes ago when last I observed. Lieutenant. Yes, Captain. To take your mind off your scanners. He's your problem now. And they toss their head toward Doctor Yugos.
0: I I promise I won't be a problem. <laughs> I I assure you, uh, Lieutenant Le Cat. I will be I will be an asset and lend any of my skills to scanning for subspace anomalies that we may encounter. Uh, I understand the. Uh, I'm sorry. You call it Shackleton. Is that correct? Yes. Shackleton. Such an interesting word. Uh, Is filled with subspace anomalies, and I, of course, am happy to help uh, detect those.
4: I mean, your experience with the particle fountain in itself already puts you, you know, miles ahead of me in some regards. So your experience would be very welcomed here. We actually, not, not this isn't about subspace anomalies, but we've already started taking pictures of the microbes. If you want to come take a look at those, real quick. It's just like a, can do that.
0: he can do that. walks down the ramp right over to your sign station and looks down.
4: And <sighs> um, Hopefully, soon these will be better. Right now, there's a slight delay on the sensors, but we're not going to talk about that because I feel immensely better after that dance. Jesus. Um,
0: Vryn, his the, the visage of Vryn leans over like you see him leaning towards the helm so he could look around the jashashian and just says dance yeah.
4: it's it's a communication thing and she makes a face um and then she goes back to just, <laughs> not even not even clocking what that whole thing was about um goes back to dr you guys uh it seems your planet undergoes an extinction cycle every so often I mean not every so often, it's quite on often actually. But that's interesting. Do you know anything about that?
0: You're asking the scientists about the <laughs> extinction cycle? Yep. Um, you nods and says, Yes, it would seem that um <sighs> we have we've charted multiple extinction cycles on our planet over the past. Uh, 100,000 years, 200,000 years or so, Um, and they seem to align somewhat to the seismic activity that we witnessed when this entity that you all Mm -hmm. described, um, some of our ancient scrawlings depict great earthquakes that caused the skies to bleed, and we thought it was our comet, of course, that was (laughs) angry at us. was once revered as our deity, um, but um, right now our readings would indicate that the crystalline entity that you've described would take millions of years to evolve, so it's possible <laughs> that our planet had twins at one point. But um, hard to say. We're still gathering more data, it's certainly, <laughs> with the new technologies presented in these incredible readings, it's, it's possible, and it, it's certainly <laughs> possible, and, and a lot more in reach to figuring it out.
4: Uh she kinda looks at the captain for like permission on this, but she's like you're more than welcome to this data.
1: Like any of our civilian scientists, although not quite like all of our crew. You see, he's promised not to be a problem, and every single one of you seems practically to insist upon it.
4: I'm going to take that as a compliment, Captain. Carol.
0: Captain, I'm sorry, should I leave the bridge now?
4: Uh, where, where is Dr. Yuga staying? I don't mind walking him back.
1: The same quarters as uh, we brought him with us, and presumably the same lab space you allocated?
0: Would, Unless would
1: it- that is somehow uh, a provisional space, I leave that to your department entirely. But yes, we are going to set course, so you'll very possibly be part of a team that looks at uh, our upcoming anomalies.
0: Oh. I love watching the ship go to warp.
1: (laughs) Lieutenant, do you have that course laid in?
0: Course is laid in, Captain. Time of arrival, six days, 16 hours.
5: My apologies, Captain. Might I also be excused? Of course.
0: Yeah. Ready to engage at your command, Captain. Let's go. You watch the horizon of the planet Jadaran begin to pull away on the view screen. Sinks lower and lower until it vanishes. Then eventually the glow being cast by the planet itself begins to sink darker and darker until you just see that beautiful crisp darkness of deep space in front of you. As Vryn brings the USS Ross about and lays in a course. A few moments later, you all hear the familiar hums of the warp engines and there's a flash of light as the uss ross jumps to warp six days 16 hours is a lot to do right now that's a window of opportunity if anyone wants to request scenes you can do that now as we're in travel time otherwise we can jump to our destination
2: i would love not a full scene i just want to um walk up to right after going to warp uh mm-hmm. Exio just wants to walk up to vren's uh console and just sort of stand by him and then um just very quietly to him say welcome back to your chair lieutenant and then keep walking the ranks
0: thanks xoxo <laughs> yeah i've
2: been called by my exact name but okay
0: <laughs> that, can Xio. i insight
2: that is he what's that can i insight that is he trying to diss me by naming my no xo is
0: short for a commanding officer you're the xo oh
2: okay because he's also so he, just spelling my name <laughs> no he's
0: literally he's literally just calling you xo oh. your name is XO and you're the xo yes. so he's just got calling it. you xoxo XO.
2: yeah okay.
0: <laughs> and and he's being cute XO okay. uh,
2: vibe not okay. your counselor vibe yeah yeah okay cool i yeah. was like wait it just yeah. threw me off guard
0: yeah second. brain just says piss off no and
2: yeah, I mean, exo was her
5: name oh yeah
0: uh what's up ambassador
5: yeah this is actually just a quick note as well um that one of the first things that olin did upon like once they'd gone to warp from uh, an arranger station is that they sent a communicate to their father um, okay about a certain someone
0: Okay, good. Okay, cool. Then we'll, just we'll, to, we'll just time that into the plot. Him, yeah.
5: Just to warn him that that was a thing that might be coming.
0: I do have one thing to give um, as y'all are at warp. The yeoman approaches you, Captain, as you're looking over some data pads. It is a, the thing about jumping to warp on these long distance journeys is the bridge usually becomes quiet. And as a result, there's conversation that happens on the bridge to sort of relieve some of the the monotony of like running typical scans and whatnot and checking in with department heads but um
1: i can hear them it's it's
0: also it's also a good time to have like a cup of coffee or anything that captain wants so yeoman actually brings you do you have tea or coffee captain do you have what do you have a drink that you prefer
1: no uh i'm sure chanta will have noticed i virtually never have the same beverage twice
0: okay yeah okay,
1: so today it is uh hot cocoa with a bit of ginger and uh marshmallows
0: okay she brings that to you along with the data pad and says there's a message for you by the way captain we received it just before we jumped to warp hands up to you really? from whom i'll let you describe the look on Saul's face when you see that it is a message from one commander nigel rogan starfleet command what <laughs> yeah there's a data pad from is a you've received a message from commander rogan
4: mm-hmm.
1: all right thank you
0: captain she excuses herself you open the message i do it is a picture of commander rogan in full dress uniform with a big smile on his face Mm -hmm. holding what looks like a baby next to his wife in the background is the san francisco bridge And underneath it is a little note that says we welcomed little Sul into the world about four months ago. Thought you'd like to know.
1: And Sul had first focused on the bridge and on Rogan and there would been this flick through their brain of, if you don't show me that baby
0: There's a parenth- there's a parenthetical at the bottom that says short for Sully. Don't flatter yourself with a with like a <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's not even on my crew and he's a problem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There is also a couple of notes from news that have been coming down the pipe. Let's you know that things at Starfleet Command have been just as monotonous and boring, but that the work of keeping things nice and orderly has been very relaxing to him. However, there has been a lot of talk. Apparently, uh, he he's, does mention this, that you're going to hear this, especially in Captain's Chatter across the Quadrant, and eventually on Federation News, that the Federation Council is taking up Uh, measure right now that would possibly see the advancement and indeed the implementation of new synthetic life forms to be inducted into Starfleet as a part of a supplementary force. And the first petition is for their uh, addition to the Mars shipyards, among others. Quite exciting, he says. Exio would probably be fascinated by this. It looks like they've achieved some basic understanding of how positronic brains work, though they're not able to duplicate what Soong was able to do with data. The B4 droid, android has helped leap synthetic life forward dramatically, and the Daystrom Institute is really excited about the implementation of this.
1: Indeed, I forward the entire bundle to Exio immediately. Uh,
2: okay. Are you in the subject. ready room?
1: Yep, uh, you got a uh, ping of baby pictures and other less important news.
4: You
2: hear just a slight, like, you just hear a small squeak from <laughs> the bridge. <laughs> just a, <laughs> and you don't know which one is causing it the baby or the information. Ideal.
1: Oh. Uh, I'm also going to go over to the replicator in my ready room mm-hmm. and uh, replicate a uh like a drugstore photo album okay photo okay pop it in
0: basically slide i mean the replicator basically creates uh, as soon as you transmit the data it basically replicates it um as it appears you just set it on your desk i guess yeah slide it right there you see the crisp blue skies of San Francisco on a sunny day. Rogan looks happy. And that freckle faced redheaded wife of his, it's probably safe to say that that child is going to be Maximum Ginger, considering that Nigel himself is also a Ginger.
1: <laughs> All of the sunscreen on Terra for them.
0: By the way, Maximum Ginger, copyrighted. Cannot take your band. You cannot take that for a band name. I've I selected it. Oh, um,
1: I see. Good to know. Thank you for yeah. alerting me.
0: You're welcome. So, yes, the, as you set the picture down, it takes you back immediately, Captain. You are remembering what it was like. Those days you spent with Rogan after you got your command of the USS Ross, sifting through data pads, trying to select who your command staff was going to be, one by one going through. You'll never forget the day you were handed the data pad proposition from a a certain doctor who had just developed what she believed was going to be revolutionary technology in the form of holographic crew members on board the uss ross which piqued your interest rogan and his brilliant instincts handed you that data pad and said well they did say they wanted an incredibly diverse crew to be a symbol of the federation while in this post-war environment, what do you think of this? And handed it over to you. And that was the first time you saw some of the first images of one program that was running called the Exeo Project.
1: Oh. Seems much more sensible than having any of these others in charge. Should probably I mean, take a meeting. i I'll, I'll, uh, I'll
0: need to figure out who I need to contact. contact. What's that?
1: I didn't do this well on that tactical. Mm.
0: All right. Um, just it's my job. Way. It's my job to give you heads up, Captain, that mm-hmm. you want me to do this. I'll do it. And I think it's a good idea because I think this is really interesting. And, and the Ross is experimental tech. So why not have more experimental tech? It's just that this is going to be controversial and it might be tricky to push it. So I, it's just my job to let you know that that's going to be a thing. And having said that, I'm going to go set up a meeting. There it is. I, I got I to gotta keep earning the third pip, you know? <laughs> the tight assness will increase as the pips increase. Job is done. Going to go. Gonna yes, go do the before
1: uh, I realize the implication that I'm a tight ass. <laughs> I'm out of here.
0: You set down the picture of Commander Rogan on the desk. What is LeCat up to?
4: Um, okay, so six days, sensors still down. <laughs> let's well, do. Are they? Um, oh, let's are they? Out.
0: Let's find out how sensors are running.
4: Oh my God, this might. So be let's say
0: on day three of the journey, about halfway okay. there. Okay. Let's go ahead and make a roll. You're going to get an assist from Insendari, and the Ox Crew, aka the USS Ross, is also going to assist you. Now the Ross is going to be rolling. Computers engineering. No, I'm sorry. Sensors engineering. And then... You know, like Ross Sander? Oh, I can.
5: I think yeah. this is text, baby. You should.
0: Sure. We,
3: we only have two momentum now because we have definitely had a scene change.
5: Since yeah, we we've had
0: happened. a scene Where are you, Dari? I have not pulled out your stats. And Here we go. Where are my dice? Here we go. All right, all right. GM is organized. Okay, so Dari is going to make the assist on this. Oh, the difficulty of this roll is going to be four. I,
4: I rolled a one and I rolled an 11, which is a... Uh, that's a three successes. In my
0: census. Wait, who are you rolling for? Because this is this is tech rolling. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I was rolling. This is an engineering check. Yeah, no, no, sorry. Oh, this sorry is, right, this is to find out where the sensors were at. Okay, I'll, oh. I'll roll for Ross then copy okay yeah sorry sorry about that no this is to find out if tech and the engineering team has managed to get the sensors up and going for you tech
4: so- i'm just
0: kidding <laughs> i would like i'll take it
5: well, uh, well if that's the case again? so sorry what's the rust rolling again
6: the ross is rolling uh sensors engineering okay um if that's the case then i'd like to burn one of the momentums for cautious engineering to add sure. an extra die okay Oh, I got two crits
0: uh, and another success. So that's one, two, three, four, five successes. Five, you're gonna get in a six from Dari. And <laughs> one, seven successes. So max Listen, out of- oh, wait, you, you said that
6: it- this was three days later, right? Yeah. So uh, the engineering teams have been like taking shifts with some of the science teams led by LeCat and Tech. And we can cut to a scene in this ballroom of just everybody sort of moving <laughs> as one. And uh, as we see that scene, it translates perfectly to people moving around the engineering room and they don't bump into each other. They spin around and it's the same way chefs can move in a kitchen and it's seamless. Okay.
3: FYI, that gives us all three momentum.
0: Cool. Thank you, Bonnie. I definitely want to know what the doctor has been doing in the six days that we're traveling. Uh, But I will tell you this, LaCat. Mm -hmm. It seems like on day three, Mm -hmm. miraculously, at your console, after over a week of not being able to efficiently use the sensors that allow you to do your job, you see they start to normalize and come online. Now, to give you an idea, normal sensors have a maximum range, uh, like a sensor array on a starship has a maximum range of approximately 17 light years. That's for medium to low resolution, 17 light years. When you start scanning beyond that, if you're gonna push beyond, that's when you lose resolution. Okay. So the effective effective high resolution mode. So what I'm basically telling you is, is that now that you have high resolution sensors, you can scan at the maximum distance as though it was in within short range and get that oh. data back. Even though there's a data delay because of the distance at which you're scanning, usually like the maximum length of 17 uh, of seventeen light years and beyond, it's about 45 minutes from the ping back, but you get it as if you were in short range. That's how, res- that's how advanced the resolution of the sensors are.
4: Amazing. Um, do you mind if I take a quick scene? Though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I think that, uh, well, first of all, that was beautiful. I think that, uh, Jane is very much like feels better about this whole, like the science and the engineering teams getting together. Like, you know, mm-hmm. probably already started on like, you know, join up like a bingo pool for the both of them together now, instead of it being separate. And so it's like a whole new league. It's it's quite wonderful. Um and I think that uh with with these days that have passed and with the sensors back on she realizes that she should probably turn her attention back to that little coin that she has just kind of like left there and try yeah, to Yeah, cuz
0: Vryn hasn't said anything about that.
4: Yeah, he is not. He is not. And, and neither
0: have you if I remember correctly.
4: No, um so she she does carry it around everywhere she goes though. Um and okay. so when the sensors are back on, everything seems to be stable and like after it seems like they've been smooth sailing for a few hours, um at the end of this third day shift, she's going to um uh click onto our comms and uh, call into Chief Tech and go, uh the channel cat to Chief Tech.
6: Go for tech.
4: Um hi, uh do you do you have a moment? I'd like to request a private word with you.
6: Oh, sure. Just a sec, and then I do a pirouette, and then I come in. Uh where would you like me to meet you? Um,
4: where wherever's fine with you. Is your office empty right now? I can meet you there.
6: Sure, come on down. Quick it's question. A great day in engineering. <laughs> I got a quick question for you, Tech. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you're you're the other dancer on board. Yeah. So I'm just curious. <laughs> At any point. Do you do you and Exio have any kind of like dancing? Because Exio is a hell of a dancer too. So do you all do y'all having meetups or anything like that?
6: I think that Exio was heavily involved with this idea from the beginning as one mm-hmm. of the techniques that Tech has learned to calm down is to tap into his culture and his roots and especially dance. Uh, and so there has been a lot of, I think, communication between Exio and Tech uh, in the development of the holodeck program and implementing okay. it into everybody's schedules as oh, well. Oh, that's
0: true. Between you and Exio, you guys could craft a hell of a holodeck program. Hell yeah. Okay. Right
2: on. She's a little jealous of this beautiful dance hall. (laughs) Like (laughs) That this wasn't the program she invented first. It was like, yeah, this is
6: beautiful. You'll be able to taste it later. I'm recording. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. You can taste my dance later. It'll be good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's such a weird thing, but it's so sweet. Thank you for recording your memories for
4: me to enjoy. And magic. <laughs> All
6: right. Um,
4: um. So yeah, the cat goes down to uh, the engineering bay. Um. Does she find Tech alone?
6: Yeah. Uh, tech will be in his office, sort of surveying the amazing things that are happening.
4: Okay. So I think that right before she steps in, she takes the coin out, like gives it a look, like, okay, we're doing this. Um. And. Oh yeah just kind of like strides into his room and is like um all right better communication uh here's better communication chief tech and she holds it up and just kind of like starts into the spiel of like i don't know what this is i bought it off of ferengi because i was given my sensors at least you know one last twirl before they went down for 15 days and counting but we're not talking about that they're running beautifully by the way and uh you're a great dancer um what i'm trying to say is uh not too long after I bought this, I uh, saw an unknown entity take the shade of my brother and claim to be the manifestation father. of memories. Um, he, no, 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 he lies. She says brother.
0: Oh, okay.
4: Um, she she's not bringing up her father at not all. Not going to
0: bring up the father unit. Gotcha.
4: No, no, no. She's just like just just my brother. He doesn't need to know about the other part. Um, okay. okay. Uh, I, I will
6: tell you, as soon as you as soon as you say that you're like, oh, I held this thing and it brought. I talked to my brother. You could see the color drain from Tex's face and this happiness just leave him. And he looks, he turns around and looks at you and says, it does what now? <laughs>
0: oh boy.
4: <laughs> I I saw an echo of a memory. She says very clearly. Um, because yeah. Jane sees the way that his face drains of color and she, oh, she knows because she, like, talked to that memory for a second as if it were a real ghost. And she, she, it's, it's, it wasn't him, Tech. I need you to know that. Um. Anyway, I have every intention of going to the captain with this, but I hate to go in with the, I I don't know what the fuck this is. So I wanted oh. to see if you were able to gain any more insight before I did. Otherwise I'm just gonna suck it up that I will be ignorant about this and uh, go into the captain with a shrug. And I would honestly rather die than do that. So she hands it to him.
6: Uh, He backs away and does not touch it. (laughs) Uh, You know, why don't we run a couple of scans? Uh, You said there was an entity in here and you're sure this isn't a biological problem?
4: Um, as in a problem
6: with me? Well, no, in the effort of communication, maybe. Um, but perhaps this thing is biological in a way that we don't know either. Yes,
4: I, I completely believe it might be. If you look at these plasma lines, it definitely suggests that, like, almost like a vein system. Um, and the fact that it did respond so, um, it it seemed to respond to specifically my touch as well as, you know, specifically fed off my memories. I can only assume so, Um, but it might be technological. So we still don't know, but I don't know. And so um, I'm going to share the data that I got from my original scans of it as well. Um, And then uh, the reason I was drawn to it the first time is because it was emitting a trace of, an element that we have never seen before. Um, so, you know, there's also- oh.
6: um, there's, It's a lot. Okay, Oh, but I see why you waited, because you we were have, very busy.
4: You could have picked this one instead of the bull testicles, anyone, for the bull testicles.
6: Yeah, I did bake some pretty great pies out of them, though.
4: Were they? Really? Yeah, you know what, I think I tasted one, very good. Um, they were were very good. Um, okay, let's run scans on these. Are you... Okay.
6: Why don't we set up a safe environment and get some information about this? And I'm definitely not going to touch that. Okay?
4: Okay. It's not... It wasn't him, Tech.
6: Thank you, Lieutenant. We'll get to work right away.
4: Uh... And you can see when she's saying that it's like it's also to convince herself that it mm-hmm. wasn't him. Um, but let's run those scans. Is so, there any way I can assist? What's that? Is there any way I can assist on these scans?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. Rather than have you roll, the scans reveal everything that have been, has been revealed about it. It's made from an element of, of some kind of ore that has never been documented before. Some kind of it has a lot in common with basic steel but it has molecular differences that gives it a makeup that's unlike anything that's been recorded before. The gym at the center is as I described before, actually trillions and trillions of of, uh, silica pathways that have been designed to store information. So Packed in that they actually resemble what looks like a, a like a an amethyst, like a crudely cut amethyst at the center of this metal disc, and that's all. It's not imminent. It's not radiating any energy. Um, it, it's definitely ancient. You're not actually able to accurately guess at how old this is. The computer scans are inconclusive, largely because the element is hard to identify, and there doesn't seem to be any noticeable. Decay and what you can, what you're scanning, which is in itself extraordinary. It's damn near impossible to date this thing. All you get is that, however, however old this thing is, it's probably a few million at least Earth years of age.
6: I think the the best way to move forward lieutenant is i can help you to put together a package to present this to not only the captain but the senior staff this seems like an adequate mystery for all of us to solve together
4: yes i just wanted to make sure i was taking in as much information as i could about it so i i would really appreciate that cheap check okay
0: all right
4: yeah so we're gonna write a little book report on this guy
0: powerpoint presentation (laughs) in your off time y'all are putting this together yes okay six days total have passed and at the helm you hear at the appointed time Vren calling out captain we're arriving at sector s one one three two zero one nine which is also known as the bota elos sector B O T A dash E E L O Z.
1: Lieutenant, do you have the scanners all ready to take a look?
4: Absolutely. Um, can I run a scan?
0: Mm-hmm. And the Ross gets to assist. The difficulty is three. And this is a standard role. This is the standard. You got three successes.
5: Sensor, sensor science. Sorry.
3: Yep.
0: Sensor so, science.
3: Did you take a momentum out
5: of curiosity?
0: <laughs> did Aki just roll a one?
5: <laughs> no, but they rolled a three, which I believe is still a crit for us. So,
0: no? Uh, yes, that is a crit for Ox Crew. Yes. The Ross and Ox Crew. Okay. Okay. Here's what okay. you so as you enter into the exterior of this, uh, immediately uh, as, as the Ross leaves warp. <sighs> And up on the main view screen, you see a breathtaking sight. You also, at the exact same moment, hear a chime of alarm going off from the main computer. Warning, high radiation levels detected.
1: Shields up. Mm -hmm. Yellow
0: alerts. Shields go up. Scans return at about that point uh, as the ship goes to yellow alert. Here's the information you get back. Within the system... is the Bota Elos star, which is a hypergiant main sequence star. This star is 47 R, or 47 radius, it is 47 times larger than Sol. So, roughly nine six hundred and ninety miles radius. It's 47 times larger than the Earth's sun. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not the radius. Uh, that's the sun's radius. The radius, <laughs> I read my, my information wrong. The sun's radius is 432,000 miles in diameter. This is 20,336,430 miles radius.
1: So bigger than a breadbasket
0: a little bit bigger than a bed basket. It also is 351,000 times brighter than the Earth's sun. It is a white blue star.
1: Think about how many light years would have to stay away to keep the Rogans from being sunburned.
0: <laughs> um
1: So that explains the radiation warning, I would assume. Is there anything else notable here?
0: Yes. The solar winds that are blasting through this system from the size of this star are causing havoc. It's slamming against the shields. Um, The solar winds are dangerous in the system, and they're interfering with the sensors immediately. However, the high-resolution data is being returned, so you're getting some basic stuff. You're going to have to spend... Uh, you're going to have to spend momentum to get any more detailed readouts. Um, But it is also going to be, uh, I'm going to say, take one off the shields of the USS Ross. Shields will deplete by one point every two hours spent in system.
4: Um, If we have no momentum, I think we should spend it for...
0: Yeah, let uh, (laughs) let me read you the rest of the object, and then if you want to know more, you can spend that momentum there. There are five... Stellar objects within the system. The first is classified as B E zero one one or a micro it's a class D microplanet on the outskirts of the system. It is, according to sensors, it is made up of various common ores. Nothing remarkable about it. It's a big rock floating in the end of space, about this a little bit larger than Pluto. No atmosphere. There is an ejection trajectory comet classified as Z-99-019 that was recorded by Starbase 364 science team about two years ago. It has a radius of 32 miles, so it is large for a comet, very large. And it is uh, moving at a speed of 421 kilometers per second. It is moving quickly. It is an ejection trajectory um, comet. Looks like it's probably... Uh, interstellar in origin. So, it's probably not from within system. It's passing through, as it were. Nothing particularly remarkable about the comet itself. Doesn't seem to be any obvious makeup patterns or anything particularly remarkable. The next object is... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. There's more information. It's going to reach the inner system within the year, and it's probably going to burn up upon the approach of of the Hypergiant which will be a hell of a light show. Um, the next uh, object in system is BE-02, which is another microplanet. It's a class D planet, same as the other. The makeup and shape of this planet is unusual. It's not the same spherical makeup of a standard planet that you would normally see. Bit of rock, a bit jagged. Um, BE-03, which is the next Stellar Object, is another Microplanet, Class D, and also has a strange makeup. doesn't look like it's completely spherical in nature. And then the next one is what causes you some excitement, LaCat, because as you get closer to this Hypergiant, there is actually an Oort Cloud About 40 million miles in radius, a ring of ice around a hypergiant star. Roughly 40 million miles in radius, it gives the hypergiant star a halo-like glow. Subsequently, the inspiration for the nickname of the system, thanks to the romantics back at Narendra Station. This has been called um, the Sky Crown System. Lovely. Uh, the Oort cloud itself looks like it's made up of planetesimals predominantly comprised of ice and it forms a ring around this giant hyper this hyper giant star the distance of this ring from the star is confusing it creates a halo around the star itself but the proximity of this ring to the star, ice should not be able to maintain its form within the within this star's proximity.
1: One. Are, are you sure that's water ice, then, or methane
4: ice? Little? Can we scan to see what kind of if
0: it is, spend some momentum for. Yeah, let's do it. What was the
4: difficulty of that
1: initial scam check? I don't know that I heard it, it so I don't know how much three. Momentum we got. Okay,
0: cool. I believe it was three. Okay. No, I don't think it was four.
1: We should be. I think we got more than net two momentum, mm-hmm. which would
5: put us at max regardless. Okay. okay. We can check the tape and fix it in post later.
1: (laughs) So that is to say we absolutely have the momentum for it. Yeah. I
4: would like to spend the momentum then to figure that out.
0: Okay. Um, all right. So you're trying to find out any more information about the ice. Okay.
4: Are we even looking at water for example?
0: High-resolution sensors. All right, so here's what you learn scanning mm-hmm. that cloud. As the information begins to come back through the sensor line, you start detecting unusual energy readings that are coursing through the cloud itself. What's also interesting is it seems like... Wait, could that be? You do a second glance at this, look, cat. The ice... Formations inside the Oort Cloud do seem to be made up of some kind of liquid, but what's unusual about them is they seem completely unaffected by the surrounding temperatures of the space. There is no way this ice should be able to retain its form. This should be vapor at this point. But instead, it's holding its form quite steadily, You register that the ice temperatures itself are at negative 119 degrees Celsius.
5: Can I use my sensors?
0: Uh, this distance, you would probably need to get a little bit closer. You guys are literally on the edge of the solar system right now. I'm
5: more interested
4: in the unusual energy readings that are coursing through the cloud itself. I They're so.
0: very difficult to detect. You're, the okay. sensors keep the sensors keep reading a fluctuating energy pattern of some kind,
4: mm-hmm.
0: but it's not coming up as anything that's identifiable. But what is interesting, since you spent the information, since you spent the uh, momentum, is I'll give you this: the ice within that you're that you're reading that's kind of hard to to find the makeup of what the ice is formed out of matches in frequency what looks like the same formation of the comet that is coming through the system and that is supposedly an interstellar object. And unfortunately we have to pause right there because it's 8 o'clock. Okay. So let's pause. We'll take a 10 minute break and we'll come back. We've only just started. Yeah. We'll see you all in 10 minutes. Welcome back everybody. Let's go ahead and jump back into our game tonight. Uh, Lakat running scans on both this Oort cloud and the comet getting some more information coming in. The data that you're getting back is is the computer is able to detect that it is in fact, a frozen liquid of some kind, but it's unidentifiable at this particular moment because you spent that, uh, that point of momentum. I will tell you that it, the reason why is because it would appear that the ice itself, even in this frozen state, is multi You are detecting... Now, for, for those of you who don't know specifically what that means, um, this ice seems to be existing both in and out of standard space-time that is happening. It's making it difficult to actually scan. You're not actually getting a good read on what it is just that, yeah, that would appear to be the reason why the scans are returning, even with the high-resolution sensors.
4: The scans <laughs> yeah, we just got these new ones in and they don't even work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, okay, so it's, this thing is both here and it's not here, or something like that. And
0: it's here, but it's, yes, yeah, not here.
4: Great. And you said it matched the comet, correct?
0: Seems to match the same makeup of the ice that forms the comet, which is a bit alarming. Um, also, if you want, let me know if you want to spend any more momentum.
4: Yeah, I would like to spend um, some more momentum to like plot the trajectory of that comet and see if it seems to be going straight towards that ice ring or not. Um, almost like some sort of homing beacon.
0: The trajectory of the comet is in fact angled directly at that cloud.
4: Okay. Um, so I would like to, uh, would you say that I've run all the scans I can run on that comet, or do you think I can still gain stuff on that comment? Okay, great. Um, no, I just, as a GM, like, um,
0: uh, I'd like to, uh, I mean, you, can certainly, <laughs> you can always spend to add, to ask more questions on momentum.
4: Okay. Um, uh, I would like to, I think for me, I would also like to figure out if. Mm-hmm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's scan the comet. Let's start with there. Let's see what's going on there.
0: Okay, you direct scans at the comet. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, a large ball of multi ice. <laughs> what you originally got from this, especially because this thing is leaving behind this beautiful, ghostly, brilliant, like, blue-white vapor trail as it courses through space at incredible speeds. It's... This glow and the fact that the ice seems to be unaffected by its surrounding temperatures by the vacuum of space, it's it's extraordinary. You've never I mean, like there's nothing documented like this before. Multiphasic ice that's surrounded in a hypergiant star. This is already getting LaCat cat kind of just like that science nerd inside of a cat. <laughs>
4: <not it>. um, <laughs> great. Uh, I, I, think that she looks at this is like, you know, this is exciting for her. And I think that she remembers all of a sudden that they have a new passenger on their ship who is specifically here for space anomalies as well. And so, um, she'd like to call Dr. Yugos. Uh, she'd like to find a friend and that friend is Dr. Yugos. Um, and so, uh, goes her calm, uh,
0: Lieutenant,
4: okay. to uh, Dr. Yugas, would you mind joining me on the bridge for a moment? Uh,
0: uh, I'd be delighted. I'm on my way.
4: Perfect. Um, yes, says <laughs> Jane <It's laughs> under her breath. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the second he shows up, uh, she. Ice doesn't melt, apparently, even when it's so close to something so, so, so hot.
0: Well, so first of all. Yeah. As you casually point this out, a picture gets painted to you, LeCat, as both Exio, the captain, and Olin, as well as everybody else on the bridge, note that you, Goss, as he walks down the ramp to approach the science station at the front of the bridge, he is awestruck by the sight of a hypergiant star <laughs> as y'all are on the edge of the system. This star, of course, is. Beyond yes jody massive. Uh, if it was compared to the sun itself on scale of picture, the sun would be a dot on that picture in the size of this hypergiant. It is a it is like a, a, a mo- molten white blue hot. And with this cloud that has formed around it has and the constant solar flares that are erupting from across its surface, which by the way, burns at a heat of about 3,511 degrees Kelvin. It's an extraordinary sight. It looks like the eye of the universe on the view screen. It's incredible. And as Yugos is walking down the ramp, he does spare a glance at everybody else to see if anyone else is just as amazed as he is. But you hear him mutter something under his breath that the Universal Translator hasn't quite caught from the Jashashian people but you get the gist. You know, you know the universal holy shit when you hear it. As he moves closer to the science station, and he puts his hand on the back of your chair and just goes, That, that's very large.
4: Yeah. Um, but we're actually looking at the ice doctor.
0: Ice? Where?
4: Um, she points at the ring on the...
0: <laughs> ice? he glances down and says, it's not unusual if you find ice on them. That is is unusual.
4: Yeah, the comet seems to have it as well. And according to the trajectory, she pulls up the comet. (laughs) He
0: starts processing the information that you're presenting to him, and he looks at it kind of curiously and says, "Uh, interesting. Um,
4: You ever seen anything like this?
0: Uh... It defies the laws of thermodynamics that ice should be able to form that close to the surface of a hypergiant star.
4: You know what? I felt that way too, but uh, you seem to know a lot more about particle fountains, and I know nothing about those, so you know what? I thought it was might as well ask.
6: Um,
4: Space anomalies, huh? Um,
0: <clears throat> well, it does look like it does have some similarities. It, it, it looks like it's Uh things that exist in subspace are still a part of our space time continuum. they just mm-hmm. exist on if you can imagine um a different frequency but still part of the same song does that make sense yes yeah so so subspace uh as we are coming to understand it is more like a um like an ocean that we can't see that we're all swimming through. Kind of like dark matter. Not quite, but very similar in, in some respects. In this case, I don't think that I would characterize what you're seeing here as a subspace anomaly. These don't look like they're in phase with our space-time. I, I wish I had a better word for it. Multiphasic! You hear Vran just pipe up. <laughs> Multiphasic. Yes. Multiphasic. Yes, that would that would be a good description of it.
4: Yeah. Um,
0: I'm, I'm sorry I can't be any more help, and he glances no, back no, at you. I'm a little perfect. worried, Exio and Captain. So if, I, um, if
4: you don't mind, I'd like to keep observing this with you. I mean, that's what you're here for.
0: Yes. Uh, permission to remain on the bridge, Captain, if that's acceptable.
4: When you are not
1: supposed to be here, I'll dismiss you. Don't worry.
0: Right, of course. <laughs> I'm used to space stations. <laughs> um,
4: um, Jane gives the captain a smile of thank you. <laughs>
0: um,
4: and then, yeah, I think that uh, she's just, she's gonna chill with the Dr. Yugos, and uh, they're gonna keep watching uh, both of these things, but none of them seem to be, like, immediate dangers to them, so um, I think that's that's where we're at with that. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's a tantalizing mystery in front of you. Why don't we do this? I'm going to have Okay. Hmm. We're gonna have you roll one more time. Look at. And I'm setting the difficulty at five. now i do want to go ahead and give the players a warning because the one thing i have not given you all a chance to know yet is we're doing something that we actually never got a chance to do on Shield of tomorrow as we move into the second act of clear skies we are going as the crew has become much more skilled much more competent much more streamlined we are actually moving forward with the challenge to meet the crew with the challenges that are going to be present the the things that will actually challenge the crew of the uss ross now that you have all become the badasses that you are explorers as you are which means don't be surprised if on occasion we go higher than base difficulties Fair. yeah so okay. one through five being base difficulties y'all have y'all are if this was DD, i'd say y'all are level 10 now uh, so we're moving into we're moving into some of the higher level territory now. That's not what I'm throwing at you now, but level this is a five difficulty scan. So
4: mention for me to spend to use an extra dice please.
0: Your sensors your sensor specialty does apply here.
4: Great. Um, Watch me still destroy this.
0: <laughs> You're probably still going to destroy this.
4: Uh,
0: well, 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 now I the have high
4: to know level difficulty things
0: with not too much problem.
4: Wait, what? What did you say, Sam? Now I have to knock wood. How dare you, drinks so? little? Oh, I know. Okay, but um, I got a. Well, that's a five, so That's a two, and then that's a nine, and that's a thirteen. So that's a one, two, three, four, five. Wait, hold on. Yeah, that's a that's a five, a five success.
0: Okay. I'm knocking
4: Ross Ross
5: now, isn't it? But no help from Ross, unfortunately. Okay. Okay, I don't need the Ross.
0: Look, at this, like, mental? put me in a spacesuit and shoot me out there.
1: Uh, high <laughs> sensors. I'm gonna go ice skating baby
0: <laughs> now uh, quick real quick Sam could you remind us and the audience what high resolution sensors does for the USS Ross
1: on a successful sensors check we get one bonus momentum which accounts for that uh, <gasps> yeah so, so even though
0: you hit the difficulty of five y'all gain a momentum love it so uh, so the cat, as you're running these scans and looking at this information coming back and conferring with the doctor, it's quite on the bridge for a second as everyone's just kind of observing this strange stellar phenomenon. And then the sensors chime in alert. Okay. And before you have a chance to actually look at what the sensors have picked up, the feed is actually taken directly to the tactical station where Prawl says, Captain, there is an object approaching the USS Ross.
1: Red alert, and scan
0: it. All right. The ship gets taken to red alert.
4: Um, let's scan this thing that's now approaching my captain's baby. I should really
1: ask the distance before I do such things, but when I hear that level of uh, anxiety in Paul's voice, and I really don't think he's using the mouth guard, we, we just move ahead.
0: Okay. Um, all right, so the ship goes to red alert. Jake, if you wouldn't mind helping us out there. And <clears throat> what you get is Prawl says, Object is the comet, Captain. Great. It up on screen. You detected it at about the same time. Miraculously, the comet looks like it's changed course and has begun to angle towards the Ross. It's not headed directly at the Ross. It looks like its trajectory is now going to take it across the bow and miss the Ross. However, on the view screen, you see, if you've ever seen like underwater, if you spin something around really, really fast and it creates that funnel of air that begins to drop down low from, you know, like a miniature whirlpool, you begin to see this vapor begin to extend out from the comet towards the Ross as the alarm clacks and sounds aboard the ship.
4: Um, so Jane really wants to investigate two things on her next scan specifically. The first, okay. thing, like she wants to figure out what caused it to change course all of a sudden because she did mark its trajectory and it was going straight for that ice. So like, mm-hmm. if there's any way she can almost like backtrack and see like if there was anything that influenced it, mm-hmm. uh, she, she'd like to know. And then the second thing is, is obviously she wants to figure out what's that vapor made of.
0: Okay. Um, what's that? anybody had anything else um the comet changing course sensors detect an unknown energy reading again pulsing out from the comet itself
4: does the energy reading seem to be fluctuating at any like you're getting more or less or is it it it,
0: it did when the comet changed course okay there was a pulse and the comet literally just began to come about
4: okay is there any way that I can trace that pulse um, it just, uh, Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: If you spend a point of momentum, I will yeah. give you that obtained information. LaCat is working furiously at the sensors as the view screen um, has this funnel like this, this vapor headed towards the Ross. About the point that you're like tapping on the on the controls, LaCat, you can hear mm-hmm. Prawl at the back of the bridge say impact in three minutes.
4: Three minutes it's fine I'm a fast typer um so let's uh,
0: with that spend yeah what you get is that pulse of energy that unknown energy reading Sensors detected a very subtle pulse from the Oort cloud as well.
4: okay so and then okay question so did they happen simultaneously or did one happen before the other?
0: The Oort cloud happened and almost simultaneously, it's like it answered. The comet seemed to answer and began to change direction.
4: Okay, great. Homing beacon. Um, and um, I would say that uh, that comet is coming towards us, whether we like it or not, in exactly three minutes. Is there any way we can try and mimic the pulse?
0: So, just to clarify, the comet is not going to impact on the Ross, it's going to okay. come across the bow. What? No. Prawl is talking about is that strange funneling vapor that's reaching out almost like a limb towards the Ross.
4: Yeah, I still, I don't know. Maybe it's because we just played Predation and I'm like, Cyphers, if you touch the (laughs) Cypher.
0: The cat's like, I'm going to put my hand in it.
4: With weird time stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Moon would like rather us not um, to, so she wants to see if there's any way that she can mimic the... We probably don't have time to construct that. Uh, Captain, it looked like you were gonna say something.
1: Yes. Uh, As you're thinking through this, uh, in sort of soft focus, you might hear the captain telling Vren to set an evasive course pattern. Beautiful. This is not going to be three minutes until anything. Yes. You make sure nothing hits my ship. Okay. And nothing gets close to my ship. Thank you. Great.
0: All right. Vryn lays in a course and starts engaging thrusters and then goes into one quarter impulse and starts backing the Ross away. Prawl, you hear from behind you, Captain, say, the cloud is matching speed, Captain.
4: It's following us? Yes. <laughs> run, I stand for that. I did <laughs> not run a cloud.
1: Hold
0: on, we got some crosstalk. Wh- what's going on?
4: Captain, please go. Oh, no, I, I
1: think my lieutenant said something to the effect of, I'm sure the Ross can outrun a cloud, and yes, I would like my helmsman to prove that. Correct. Put
2: space between us.
0: He increases speed to one half impulse power.
2: Axiel looks over at um, Olin, because they tend to feel if that thing is conscious.
0: You can I feel that, Exio's eyes on you.
5: Yeah, I think that the moment that vapor, like we, the, the disparate information is coming in from all quarters, and I think Olin leans forward in their chair
2: and okay. is like, Exio mimics, because now she knows you are investigating
0: this. <laughs> this is such a Miles and Spider-Man moment. He's <laughs> kind of like... <laughs>
5: And they are reaching out, trying to determine whether or not they feel anything conscious coming from these two entities.
0: Okay. Olin, you focus on the view screen. There's too much happening that you all see. Clearly the comet and this vapor is reacting to all of you. You don't get a feeling of emotion, but you sense a presence for sure.
4: Can I do um, an external scan of the Ross almost to see if it's like kind of like bee pol- like pollen attracts like bees. like if it's gotten any of like the vapor on the Ross <laughs> That's, this is-
0: sure, I won't I won't have you roll for that. solve uh, this problem. A quick scan of the Ross would show that shields are up right now. The hull doesn't seem like it's come into contact with anything. Weapon okay. systems are online. Uh, you are seeing reports now that the AUX crew has assumed battle stations.
4: Great. Um, and does it, uh, Ren has currently sped up, so is it still
1: You're now
0: moving half impulse power. It is matching speed.
1: He's going to continue increasing speed until there is no more matching.
0: Okay. for nothing else,
1: it gives my uh, science officer some data on how fast it can go. Exactly.
0: At this point, you're backing up at half impulse, to move at full impulse, Bryn can bring the ship about and propel you guys forward. At full impulse power. If you want to run, basically. If you want to get us out of there. if you want to get out of there.
5: I think at this point Olin leans over to the captain and goes, Something's out there.
1: You know? I, I am beginning to get that sense.
5: <laughs> it's not an emotion so much as a presence though.
1: Mm. Any means of communication you have available?
5: Uh, I don't think the thing I used, the technique I used on the magic carpet, will work in this case, though. Why not? Well, that was emotion answering emotion. This is something different. So I can't be entirely sure that the same technique would be effective. I could try, but it's not something i skilled or exercised at. I'll do what mm-hmm. I can.
1: The most I can ask. Uh, yes, and we are going to flip my ship. Okay. For no other reason, mm-hmm. I. the velocity here... Um, my science officer actually can learn more about the more propulsive force it exercises. Mm-hmm. Uh, that higher energy exerted, which necessarily will be off of the
4: unidentified object. Mm-hmm. And okay. To know how fast it goes. Yeah. And if also we increase that amount of energy it, is, it exerts, Uh, Maybe we can figure out why it's specifically following us.
0: So just to continue feeding off the sensor readings and the successful rolls that you got, what you begin to realize as you're observing this is that the energy that this thing is exerting has nothing to do with its propulsion. It seems like the energy itself has some other purpose, but it's not actually driving this thing forward because what you're noticing is as it matches speed it starts to overtake the Ross just about the time that Vren turns the ship about and heads at full impulse away from the system. As y'all start entering into the outer sphere of the system itself, you hear Prawl say, 10 seconds to impact, Captain. As this thing starts traveling at just under warp, reaching out, it doesn't look like, at it does not look like it is obeying the laws of propulsion at all. It looks like this funnel of vapor is materializing like like again like a whirlpool might as you spin it under water it just keeps elongating and elongating
5: <clears throat> um, Olin underneath their breath just starts whispering you are not a threat we're not a threat we are not a threat to you
4: any effect what's that any effect. Olin ha- Olin's whispering has no effect on this.
0: The only, the only change you hear is Vryn calling out five seconds to impact.
4: Great. Um,
2: oh. I so, well, ready for her to scan that. Yeah.
0: Impact. Oh, if impact. Oh, go ahead. What's up?
2: I was just gonna say, if impact is imminent and things are happening and this thing is possibly conscious, Exio uh, is uh, sending an emergency file to Dr. McCrell um, with um, the updates and that we have a possible sentient comment um, coming to impact us. Um, just thought that might be helpful to have a person who knows um, biological life and maybe maybe she maybe she knows something that we what? don't. Possible. But with only five seconds,
4: there's not much she can do.
2: No, but she uh, can start working five seconds faster than if I I'm send not, it later.
0: No, I've
4: <laughs> got her scanners up, and she's gonna scan this fade once it gets to us if it's still following us. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Reverse course, evade the
4: impact. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's do that instead.
0: <laughs> All right. At full It'll impulse. A
4: big flyby.
1: For
0: mm-hmm. you. Full impulse. Vrain is going to engage in an invasive maneuver. Let me just pull out his character sheet here.
2: All I'm saying is MacKrell birthed a planet, and this, so she has knowledge of other plant, er, planet-based consciences, so let's do Honestly, this. Honestly, a sentient comment is
3: just a typical Tuesday in my office. <laughs> you know, I, have, so I have a pile lives? of files ready, just give me a call. Yeah, Take the, the blue pill,
5: see me in the morning. <laughs> Whoa. Is this an engines con check from the Ross? Uh yes. One my baby
0: role? If I remember correctly. No, nothing from the Ross? Well, Vryn got four successes.
4: Hell yeah, he did. He got,
0: he got a two and a three. <laughs> so um, The Ross immediately it's it's poetry watching Vryn handle a ship like the Ross. This is one of the largest ships the Federation has ever sent out into space. The USS Ross is slightly bigger than a galaxy-class starship, and only slightly less in length from its beam uh, than a sovereign class.
1: And yet 800 times more hot.
0: (laughs) And 800 times more hot. And Vryn handles this. You see him working across and he shakes his head and looks back at you and says, Captain, it is not it, it it's not following any. And then as he says that, you hear Prawl say, contact imminent, and you see the shields light up, responding to this vapor cloud contacting with the backsides of the shields as the Ross is turning and doing an evasive maneuver. By the left in the cell you see this almost like Northern Lights prismatic glow as this vapor contacts with the shield exterior and you see the shields react immediately. <laughs> Vryn is very annoyed. <laughs> you hear him say, how the hell am I supposed to cloud? And then Prawl says, Captain. And then in, concession, in succession with that, you hear an alert going off. Intruder alert. Intruder alert. As the Ross report out. <laughs> What's that?
4: Report. Yeah, I'm. I'd like to run a scan and see if we've been breached at all.
0: There is an energy pulse detected in main sick bay.
4: In main sick bay. Um.
0: Uh, Rave, have yeah. a look at make a science check real quick.
4: Cult cool.
0: science. That scan. It's, this uh-huh. is a scan. This is what sensors are reading back to you.
4: I got two fives. You know what that means?
0: Uh, well, the difficulty of this is going to be three.
4: Okay. Still
0: doesn't so you got two fives. So you're going to get one success.
4: Um. But, only- the,
0: but the Ross needs to roll. One success in the Ross. Okay. So you're going to get two momentum. Two fives would
5: be four successes. Yeah. Right? Two fives would be four successes. Oh, so. because
0: if you're that's right. Because you're okay. So four. So five. That's sixes,
5: so Yeah. That's five successes. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, you detect a massive spike of like uh, of energy on the hull of the USS Ross, where the temperature seems to fluctuate on the outer sides of the hull. Yeah. And it's right over the parts of the hull where main sick bay was. Almost like something connected with the Ross on the hull and went internal.
1: Excuse me. I'm going to need to ask you to repeat that sentence again, with particular attention to the tense used with respect to main sick bay, because I—this is probably just me—I could have sworn you said where the sick bay was, and that couldn't possibly have been right, Eric.
0: It's not right. <laughs> okay. Cut. Um, it the this funnel of energy connects with the hull where the sick bay is located.
4: Okay, copy that. Um, can I, can I do, like, instead of, um, w- like, what's the reading of, like, the sick bay room itself? Like, can I do, like, an internal scan of anything? Yeah, spot?
0: we're gonna get to that in a second, because right now somebody's experiencing something rather unusual. look <laughs> LaCat, um, you're watching the sensors down in main sick bay.
3: Before we do that, Eric, I just wanna say, while all this was happening, I want to do a quick McCrell montage of the past 12 days of just it was just me like sitting Four. on the promenade, just like eating, laughing with a friend, like like playing like racket, you know, just like it's going to just do cutscenes of me like just uh, ha, ha, like working on uh, some botany with my uh, substance that I I obtained from Sorax for my tea leaves, uh, you know, singing in my in my uh, quarters with a brush, like with my wild fur everywhere. Uh, you know there, that's what happened all this time until fast forward to I'm sitting in me, uh, the med bay with my tea when we go to red alert and I'm like oh and then I get the emergency uh, 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 notification from Exio and I'm like oh and now where what's happening
2: <laughs> That's what I just wanted to make sure you all knew what I was up to. <laughs> we all know that Doctor McCrell is in fact an '80s movie. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> for it. I went shopping. This was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, material girl playing in the background. <laughs>
3: yeah, I was on the hollow deck in a hammock, like reading a book, like Red Alert. I'm like, oh, oh no. Well, now you're
0: on deck 12, main sickbay. Yes. And the hole on the other side of your window, the walls of the bay itself, you watch start to gather frost is the temperature in here begins to drop dramatically and you hear the environmental alarms going off immediately as you see this mccrell and stiffen a little bit you can see frost starting to form on your whiskers as you exhale there's just plumes of your breath beginning to form as everyone starts looking around you're watching moisture that was not previously in this room begin to gather on the windows to your main sick bay area. You're just watching it crack up.
3: I'm gonna have my tricorder out and I'm gonna immediately say like, all crew evacuate sick bay now.
0: Crew immediately begins to to follow your orders. Yeah, Um,
3: but as I'm backing up, I'm gonna be scanning because I uh, uh, came prepared and wore a fur coat today. So Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try and get as many scans as I can before I go.
0: Okay, so go ahead and make a scan check then. Reason oh, science. Uh, you can use um, your medicine here if you wanted to use your medicine instead. That's
3: what I was going to ask, yes. But um, I'm going to
0: give you, but if you use medicine, you're going to get a medicine information. So you're going to get like, what is your body temperature? What is the surrounding no. temperature? That kind of stuff.
3: All right, so if I want a reason, what? Reason engineering? Reason yeah, if what? If I wanna...
0: this, you've got to use reason science.
3: Reason science.
6: I yep. think, don't you have an ability that lets you swap out? Mm-hmm. I
3: sure do. Um,
6: I'm I'm a doctor, not a...
3: No, uh, mm, yes. Hold on. Let me find sure. it. When attempting... No. <laughs> mm, nope. I thought I did. Well,
0: that's a poop. You may have switched it out when you leveled up.
3: I, you know what? I might have almost taken it and then didn't. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fine. So,
0: what are you? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna do medicine or reason science? What are you gonna do?
3: <sighs> I think I'm gonna do reason science because I have a feeling. Uh, okay. With the temperature changing like this, I'm not concerned mm-hmm. about me. I'm concerned about what's happening to the environment around me.
0: I am um, gonna give you an assist from the Ross because Exio was kind enough to forward you all that great information. So you're gonna be able to cross-reference that with all the this the info that Exio gave you. So thanks, Exio. Um, so, um, so do do This is gonna be a sensor science check for the Ross. I'm setting the difficulty for this at four, Lacat. I'm sorry. Um, I'm used to this is actually not Lacat, this is <laughs> McCrell. I'm just, just having a so you're having the scan everything. So, Rakrell, right. go ahead, and this is going to be uh, a difficulty four check. Reasons I took
3: a, I took a momentum. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's three successes, but I still have to roll one more because I only had two die, because I don't know where my third die is. Okay. Four successes.
0: Four successes. I crit. I had a
3: natural crit.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. Would the Ross roll?
3: So. Four. Nothing.
0: Okay. Uh, real quick, is is Xander? Are you who's who's rolling for the Ross? Is it Aki? Aki is. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So doing a quick sweep of your tricorder as you put it up in front of you, you're seeing the data come back, mm-hmm. Doctor. One of the things you start to notice is just how painfully cold it's gotten in the room. Um, you're registering temperatures that are dropping below freezing right now. Mm-hmm. As you're stepping back, and you're watching cracks begin to form all in the glass. Inside of your of your office, and just as you finish your scan and the temperature drops, it goes shatters a wall of glass collapsing to the ground on the inside. That was supposed to be shatter resistant as a standard on board a starship, but you're lo- you're watching this. The temperatures here are falling to subarctic temperatures right now, the kind of temperatures you don't want to be out in. Nope. Um, and as you're I'm stepping, back- you're backtracking.
3: I'm going to uh, exhale all of my air.
0: It drifts in front of you and falls to the ground like snow. Just
3: yep. So I don't have any air in my lungs that will freeze as mm -hmm. I as I back out quicker. Um, and uh, I'm going to uh, shut. I I make sure, of course, everyone's out and shut the med bay doors and medical. Let me give you the
0: readouts of your tricorder reading before you leave. Oh, that would be great. I haven't done that yet. So um, okay.
3: I, I mean sure i'm just gonna exhale and read my <laughs> we, tricorder. We,
0: i figured you were probably retreating but let me go ahead because you, you were you were nice enough to roll all those nifty successes yeah <laughs> so, okay the tricorder is detecting the presence of multiphasic energy coming through the hull meaning that it doesn't necessarily respond to shields unless the shields are properly calibrated and it's not responding to it's phasing through the hull whatever it is
3: so force fields are not going to hold it either
0: not unless they're recalibrated to contain multiphasic energy. That's correct, and that's something that tech could do with mm-hmm. LaCat's help for sure. But uh, that's going to be a quick <laughs> job. But you do see, as you're backing out, you do see this mist begin to coalesce inside the sick bay just before the doors sh- close. And then and there's you do no computer, way. Warning: lethal conditions detected inside main sick bay.
3: Um, I'm just going to, um, uh, Dr. McCrell, to Captain Sewell.
1: Oh, Saul. So? I'm okay? assuming that you were un-
3: I'm yes. sorry, I what, under- was that? what was L- that? We had
0: crosstalk, sorry.
3: Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, it seems that the medical bay, I'm sure you are reading this, uh, has dropped to a significant lethal temperature. We have energy readings that I do not understand. We need to get this to Chief Tech and so we can recalibrate the force field because this could take the entire Ross.
1: Do it now.
0: All right, so- who I have the tricorder, in- Chief! <laughs> All right, so you're gonna contact Chief
3: Tech? Yes. Dr. McCrell to Chief Tech. Go for Tech. I am sending you the readings of the mist inside the medical bay. You need to recalibrate. Some kind of force field to keep it held. It's spread through sick bay within seconds. This is...
6: Uh, okay, it's multi-phasic. Oh, yes, that too. Oh, okay. I'll get right on, on that. Okay. And he'll start getting to work.
0: Yeah, that is not going to be something you can just kind of do. Uh, yeah.
3: But <laughs> you <We'll laughs> should get
0: try on the work. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you, as you say, "Oh, get to work!" You glance over, and Dari just goes, "This week, jeez!" And immediately <laughs> yeah. moves over to the console as the two of you look down at the shields. Subtract one point from the shields. Yes. You and Dari take a good look at the shield emitters right now. Mm-hmm. Um, judging from the sensor readings that Lakat has sent down, that, that you're seeing from Lakat up on main on the main bridge. The thing is still in contact with the ross and also according to this that comet is keeping pace with the ross despite the fact that you're at full impulse right now this tendril of mist like energy has reached out and literally touched the hull of the uss ross as she's been moving away it's still in contact with the ross
6: and it seems like that it's sort of quickly uh, is it has it been contained into sickbay at
0: all, it's or is not it just spreading out of sickbay? According to sensor readings, it is contained in sickbay right now. It doesn't look like it's spreading outside of sickbay. But you are detecting the environmental controls is detecting a tremendous temperature drop inside the sickbay itself. With a vac suit, one could go inside and be safe. Could I go in? Yes. Exio, you could go in.
2: I just didn't know if it would have damaged the hollow emitters in there.
0: It's not... It's certainly low. Right now, temperatures are dropping to about 100 and negative, 9, 1, negative 119 degrees Celsius. Which is essentially well, the same temperature's ice that's frozen in space.
2: Then I bet it... Is it continually dropping?
0: No, it seems to steady and like level off. And it's also kind of in an, a, in, in an interesting aura. The Area where McCrell scanned the coalescing of this mist seems to be where that temperature drop is concentrated. Beyond that, the temperatures warm up as it were. If somebody were to walk in there unprotected as a biological life form, they might last about maybe three minutes.
3: Okay. Because, um, real quick, because Xeo did mention to me um, right before it happened that it could also be a life form, uh, is it possible to scan through the med bay doors, do a medical scan?
0: It is. And and what I'll give you is, is that right now, all you're detecting is it's multi in origin. It is clearly made of some kind of frozen liquid. But mm. it's difficult to detect because right now, this, this ice, for whatever reason, is both present as matter and not matter in the universe. It's detected and you're seeing it interact with the hull. You're seeing it present itself, but mm-hmm. scanners are having a lot of difficulty giving you back information about the nature of what it is.
2: Um, can I mobilize with uh, Commander Prawl uh, down to the lower level um, to Deck 12 to help evacuate the surrounding um, labs and um, and go um Chat with McCrell (laughs) Um, because I'm still focused on the fact that our lovely ship said intruder alert and not um, Mm -hmm. the other thing. So uh, I I would like to, with McCrell's help, um, interface through the door. So I would like to blip into the med bay.
0: Okay. Olin, you are definitely feeling a presence on board. And it doesn't. It doesn't feel singular.
5: Does it feel malevolent?
0: It's difficult to pinpoint its intention. But it feels like there's more than one.
5: Interesting. I think that... Uh, I, I guess it's safe to assume that we're on open comms right now just so that we can easily relay information.
0: yeah because right now prawl and Exio are on their way down to meds uh, to main sick but well I mean Exio loops down there yeah she, yeah and but prawl is stepping off a turbo lift as he's assembled a security team to help him rally people
5: right loud enough so that the captain can also hear uh, Olin relays the information that it appears to possibly be multiple presences uh, within the one feeling
6: of there being a presence of the ship. Okay. Uh, Over the comms, Chief Tech to Captain Sol. Over Sol? This might take some time, Captain, and I can't guarantee that the the force is contained. I recommend that we separate the saucer section.
1: Taken as advised, we have a lot of- crew on both sides. Hmm. I'd like to first see if the son of a bitch can warp bubble as well. So be on standby. Make sure it didn't interfere with the nacelles before we attempt uh, Alcubier bubble, and then we'll see.
6: Hi, Captain. Take Uh, out.
1: The cat. Keep an eye on the scans as we prepare for warp. Run. Speed, Captain? Warp one. We don't have to go too terribly fast. We're putting our feet on the pedal until it stops being fast enough, and it doesn't impact my
0: ship. Aye, Captain. Laying in a course. Warp one, at your command. Let's go. The Ross's engines hum, she comes to life, and she jumps to warp. So spend one point out of the Ross's power pool. The cat connection is instantly broken.
4: Oh, beautiful.
0: Sensors detect that the moment the Ross's jumps to warp, that funnel of of vapor is no longer present as y'all leap out of the system.
4: We're no longer tethered Captain. Ambassador?
0: You detect fear.
5: Oh, that's something. That that did something.
0: Alarm. It's intense enough now that you can detect it.
5: They're afraid.
0: And it's that type of fear that borderlines on anger.
5: And they're not happy. I think we just... Cut them off from everything they've
1: ever known. Exio, any reports from Sycbe?
0: So we're going to cut to that now.
1: Uh, I'm asking well, that information as part of making a decision of whether or not to return from superluminal speeds. Okay, so Basically, we need to. Exio senses some, if Exio finds something notable and reports that, then.
0: That will inform my decision. Okay, so at how has the
2: room changed?
0: Okay, so blipping down to sick bay, the first thing that you notice, Xeo, is the entire room looks like it is in a stasis. Mm-hmm. Environmental controls are really good at keeping unnecessary moisture out of here, so you're not seeing a lot of ice forming on the surfaces of anything. Instead, it's the temperature drop in here has affected this place in that the surfaces themselves, the computer, like the wall computer, the sensor scanners that, for example, you saw McCrell using when she performed surgery, all of the computer out, uh, all of the computer overlays are fluctuating and blinking right now, as power I- is actually having a little bit of difficulty uh, being drawn to the main sensor, being drawn to the main pads, as it were. Okay, computer. you being a separate power source right now. It doesn't appear yeah. that the hollow emitters seem affected at the moment.
2: That's excellent to know.
0: The other thing you notice in here is the, anything that, that even like the shattered resistant glass that is designed to withstand impact in case the ship ever gets into combat uh, has been shattered, probably a result to such an incredibly rapid temperature drop. And the fact that this is multiphasic phasic energy mm-hmm which is kind of unpredictable and hard to dictate how it's functioning, shattered this glass. Sure. And then there's the thing that's in the room.
2: There There we go.
0: The being does not appear humanoid. Okay. Not in shape anyway, but rather like a cluster of glacial rocks, light passing into the deep glacial blue, where it seems to gather and dispense throughout the rest of its form, giving the beings as there is more than one, an enchanting and alien blue glow. It's as though a ghostly being that was once a living sapphire has emerged from an ancient, ancient permafrost. The being clusters around one another, each of them, the temperature suddenly dropping well below safety levels, causing an alarming number of effects to take hold to those who stand here. So, anybody entering this room right now without protection is going to immediately take four points of stress damage. Okay. Upon coming into contact with this air, and that happens every five seconds. Okay. Um, then it's really great imp-
2: that I'm not an organic being. I'm gonna yeah. get a suit. Uh, um,
0: Environmental um, controls are being stressed to their limits right now.
2: Um, I'm by the door. I'm 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 going to be feeding you this information through the door, dormacrel and also over comms. Um, just sort of keeping my voice steady and describing Mm -hmm. factually what I'm seeing. Um, I was holding eye contact, trying to make my voice sound
3: unthreatening. Sure, I'm going to uh, make an instant bring a environmental suit. And as you're explaining that to me, I'm going to be like suiting up so I can go
2: in.
0: Okay. you. You also hear a musical chiming sound from inside, Exio.
2: Inside. It inside sounds them, in, or
0: inside, inside, of the them. inside them. Inside them. It almost sounds like distant wind chimes. I just sort of. And you're detecting them to them, mm-hmm.
2: um, um, while also sort of saying it to, your, to herself, uh, Is that your language?
0: They appear to react to your presence. It's difficult to say. Again, these look like, they don't look humanoid in appearance. They look like clusters of glacial rocks that seem to hover above the ground. Mm-hmm. As I they see. move, it shifts. And mm. those chiming noises continue. They're about the same size as a, human, a standard humanoid. So some of, okay. these, some of these are about maybe like five feet in, like, from one shard to the other shard end, where some of them are a little bit smaller. But what's curious about them is because they seem to be multiphasic, mm-hmm. you can see they're not making direct physical contact with anything around them.
2: I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: so I'm going to walk forward and uh, and present myself. Hello. I'm Commander Exio of the USS Ross. I'm a Federation officer. Um, Who am I in the presence of? And just sort of continuing to talk to see how they're interacting based on me continuing to interact with
0: them. Okay. Upon getting closer, Exio, because they are translucent, now that you're a little bit closer, you can actually see detail across this slight, again, slightly translucent, like glowing blue surface it looks like spiral patterns carved into a block of ice, and they spiral all around, almost like you're not sure if they're natural formations, if they're ritualistic, if maybe they're sort of like the growth rings of a tree, is kind of what they look like, but they're following in a form of pattern that looks like they might um, be intentional. So if you can picture these glacial rocks that are kind of formed together as they're hovering, and these lines, these, grooves that form all throughout these glacial these chunks of these shards of ice that are kind of sprocketed off the sides of these things mm. you do notice that they seem to shift and change as the musical notes begin to shift and change and they okay. surround you in about a half crescent they don't come too close but they surround you
2: okay um since the ambassador did mention over comms that they were feeling fear mm-hmm. um I instinctually lower my corporeal resolution to mimic their sort of translucentness so that they see that I am also a translucent being
0: mm-hmm.
2: um to maybe ease some of their their um confusion um okay does that do they react in any way because <laughs> they're not har- harming me they look are that you they're... want to make
0: a command insight check
2: yeah I'd love and to
0: this is definitely going to be a difficulty six check. You are looking at translucent blocks of metaphasic ice that are talking to you. It's not like you're trying to read. Body language is a little tricky here, but you are pulling together what you know about interacting with life forms. Xeo, Can
5: I assist? Yeah, I was about to ask the
3: same thing.
0: Uh, Since I'm I'm there,
3: I'm there on the other side of the door, so I could be like, you know, try to mimic their communication or appearance as best as possible Mm -hmm. to make them feel uh, fine then I was not assisting. I'm putting on my suit.
0: Well, I mean, uh, if you can come up with like, so the captain, for example, has a mechanic that allows them to be like, I'm going to inspire, I'm going to do something. You had something like that, but just telling Exio to do the thing is not really- Well, I do
3: have quick study, when attempting a task that involves an unfamiliar uh, species, I ignore any difficulty increase. So if I can use that ability to assist Exio,
0: Oh, uh, actually?
2: I'd like to buy a die, just saying it out loud. <laughs> and I would like to buy a vowel. Um... <laughs>
0: Read that to me again one more time.
3: Uh, it's called Quick Study. When attempting mm-hmm. a task that involves an unfamiliar medical procedure or unfamiliar species, ignore any difficulty increase.
0: That sounds pretty specific. So I would say, yeah, that would be a good skill to use here. Is that a talent?
3: Yes. It's probably the one that I took. So unfortunately,
0: the talent is only going to apply to you, and it wouldn't Uh, affect an assist.
3: Okay. Then never mind. Well, I'll be ready when I have to roll with them.
0: Okay.
5: Since I have a direct empathic link, could I be feeding um, Xeo like, live, essentially live... uh,
0: Exactly. I think so. I think you being able to track an emotional state now that you have something of a feeling of what's going on, you can at least tell Exio how they're responding because Exio is trying to figure out what they're saying. And emotion is definitely a language.
3: Wait. I have an, a, another idea. Because one of my talents is I can detect noises in a frequency range most humanoids cannot. But I guess I guess Exio can too. Well,
0: but what that my- means is you can hear the musical chiming, whereas most people would have to be inside the room to hear it. Okay, But through the doors, your ears are perking up, and you get the sense that there is a language being spoken, but it's hard, mm-hmm. it's impossible to tell what it is. Um, I would
2: say, Macrell, I, that that is something I would be capable of doing, but that is not something in my immediate skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding frequency of language, um, that would be something I would have to use my talent on, and mm-hmm. so that is actually an asset that I don't currently possess that you could aid me with. That would make with. sense. Yeah. Um, Because you could tell me if the tone sounds more aggressive versus not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And did you say whether or not my body language would apply since there is not technically a sort of typical humanoid body, but...
0: um... I I tell you what, with the context of Ambassador Olin assisting you and Mm -hmm. giving you their emotional state, I'll let that apply, yeah.
2: Okay, so who then? Then it is uh, the ambassador assisting me, and not McCraw, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay.
5: Is this also Command Insight for me as well?
0: I think for you, actually, Olin. I think this, this is going to be Presence point. Command.
2: Presence Command. Okay.
0: Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: I should have burned so, a value. I didn't even think about it. It's been so long. You can long. still do it. I can.
0: Yeah. I didn't to you know burn, burn value? values after. Well, you haven't told me what you... What the, I, I mean, already rolled it, so... Oh, I see. You rolled yeah. the dice already? Okay.
2: I rolled the dice already, and then I went, should have burned a value, but I already did it, so...
0: Well, okay. One success? For, what'd you get, Um
2: I, I got one crit and two successes, so I got four, but I was... That's only so a five success, five.
0: so one short. Yeah, you're gonna be one short. Exio, this is the most complex alien, fascinating like delivery of communication you've ever heard. Olin is telling you that you're not sensing an immediate hostility towards you. Olin, what you're getting is this sort of, they're feeling towards you all right now, what you are kind of feeling towards them, but you're also getting a sense of confusion.
2: I start dancing for them. It's the theme of the episode they are a crescent audience and if olin is communicating that they are curious in 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 their intentions then i will give them something to be curious about to distract from the possible detachment from their home
0: (laughs) prawl is outside the medical bay right now with a security team they have their phaser set to stun and Prawl is waiting on the order. He's also watching what you are all seeing on the bridge, which is actually internal sensors. You're seeing a little bit of interference because of the punishment that the environmental systems have taken, but they have stabilized. The Ross is capable of actually enduring this kind of temperature drop internally. It's just the nature of the multiphasic energy and the rap and the the, the speed in which that temperature drop happened actually caused the environmental controls to be like. A little wigged out. Right now, Bryn has brought up on the main viewer internal sensors and you all can watch Exio. She's trying to interact. And you see Exio extend her hands and begin to flow into a ballet routine in front of these life forms.
1: Before too much time elapses before it gets too much longer. Uh, Mm -hmm. The longer you're in warp, the greater the distance you create. So I want to have dropped back down out of superluminal speed once I heard Exio start to talk to them so that we don't build up too much.
0: I assumed you were just doing a quick jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assumed you were probably just skipping away to just just to disconnect from them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So So then right... So then right now the Ross is holding, holding station, uh, outside the perimeter of the system. And there is nothing on sensors to indicate that that thing is anywhere near you guys. Um, jumping to warp, you apparently have lost them.
3: Um, I have an idea. I'm going to, because I can hear like their language and like the chimes and how it's, it's like music. Mm -hmm. Um, by now I'm assuming I'm, I'm suited. Uh, I'm going to go up to a replicator in another room, I'm assuming, <laughs> and um, replicate a tuning fork in the key of C. And okay. uh, I'm going to, um, you know, as I go in there, like making my scans, I'm going to just kind of tap it lightly to just kind of have like a nice resonating, like um, kind of music thing, just to like let them understand that, you know, it's, Nice and soft, <laughs> <Something>. just <laughs> not, not too. Good. Like but to have like, to put another presence in the room. I want to give a little something like musical, like that's in their, in the key of their chiming. Okay,
0: so we'll say you're doing that. You dashed one of the molecular replicators basically to create this tuning fork.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you could also use any kind of digital output device to, to, to replicate that if you want to use a f- physical tuning fork you can absolutely do that it, it yeah. really doesn't matter if it's more in flavor of McCrell I would say go with the tuning fork
3: it's so cold in there if I bring in like something uh, an, something equipment wise it could just so uh, a tuning fork just made of metal that just will work okay. no matter what That's just a tuning fork
0: so work what in is... the cold Okay, so at this stage I'm going to have our chief role. Okay. So, You've been trying to figure out how to get a multiphasic <sighs> shield up and going. Now, this is not an un- this is not unknown to Starfleet. Right. Starfleet has encountered multiphasic entities before. It is not a theoretical practice anymore and turning the shields a- giving the shields a multiphasic harmonic is something that you can absolutely do. It just takes some finessing and a really skilled engineer to do it. We just um, need to so find I'm, that frequency. <laughs> I'm gonna ask the Ross to spend two points of power. Okay. From her yesterday massive power pool that you the have. The
3: frequency on that is chain. the the frequency is the key of C. <laughs> <laughs> so
6: I I have it down to power thirteen. Yes. Okay, cool.
1: that,
3: uh,
6: and also I believe have the shields gone down at all or
0: uh not since you left the system, no. Okay. Nope. Shields are shields are holding steady now. They not having to. They do not have to contest with a hypergiant star throwing solar storms at them constantly. Love so, that. Go ahead and make your engineering roll here, and I'm going to set the difficulty of this at three. Okay. The Ross is going to assist, so this should be relatively easy.
6: And I'm going to do time-consuming. Right. I am going to spend one for cautious engineering. Okay. Right for on. The
5: Ross- For the Ross,
0: what actually is this role for them? This is. Uh, For the Ross? Yeah. With the two point shield expenditure, uh, I'm going to set this for the Ross. This is going to actually be uh, structure and engineering.
5: That's what I thought. Yep.
6: I got three successes. So four. Four total. So we get one momentum.
0: This whole time. As these strange reports have been flooding in from Lacat, as you're getting all this sensor data, you're hearing the talk from the captain ordering going, you see the engines jump as y'all leap to warp. You're hearing some of the communications of Exio, and you're also seeing some of the feedback coming through as the two of you begin to change the shielding of the ship to be able to resist multi energies. Following the textbook, you and Dari get it done. <laughs> <laughs> You now have the option, if you want, to create a containment field inside sickbay. Yes, I do. (laughs) You can use the multiphasic shielding for the ship as well. I will warn you, though, multiphasic shielding is not going to protect you from solar flares.
6: Copy that. I'm going to use the multiphasic shielding to isolate the medbay, but regular shielding outside the ship for now.
0: Okay. So... No obvious shields appear in the in the sick bay. What happens is is the door to sick bay,
6: <sniffs>
0: exio. You can hear that shield establish as a multiphasic shield goes up. They don't seem to react. Up, oh, you're muted. I think.
2: Got it. I, I was just saying, good. Um, that means they are not responding to all sounds, which is interesting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so they are not resonating every sort of frequency on the ship as our language if they aren't
6: yeah, acknowledging they that reacting. sound.
0: They don't yeah. seem to be reacting too much. And Olin, you're still detecting that sense of confusion.
2: Um, yeah. Uh, Exio is sort of slowing down because she's studying them. They're not advancing. They're no longer really reacting. Um, and exio uh is calling up to the captain um what is our plan of reuniting this uh band of individuals back to their comet home captain
1: have you established communication
2: they seem to have a language i'm working one up with dr mccrell she's currently replicating a tuning fork, which I think will be quite excellent with communicating with them, but there is not a current language to cross reference any version of communication, other than they seem to be speaking through some sort of chime. I pull out another, let me
3: try G.
5: (laughs) Actually, Captain, permission to go to sick bay as well. I have some expertise with linguistics, I might be able to help McCrell uh, decipher some sort of pattern.
1: Yes, uh, do grab protection
2: gear. Best to be prepared. See you in a moment. I'll be right down.
0: As everyone gets set up, and at about this point, Macrell, you're in a vac suit as well? Are you in a biro suit? Okay, so, because we, we actually perfect. did not play out the part where you entered sick bay and used the tuning fork. <laughs> no, so, I... <laughs>
2: Yeah, right, I, right. we did. I was saying she was
0: replicating it. No, 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 yeah, but but, uh, but Bonnie was saying, let's try G, and, and I just wanted to back it up wow. in case in case you thought you were in the room, Bonnie. Uh, oh, is yes, I did, I thought arriving. I was. Yeah, so at about the point that uh, Exio has finished up her report to the captain, that's when you reach sickbay. Mm-hmm. Upon reaching sick bay, Prawl gives you a look <laughs> like he doesn't like what you're about to do, but he doesn't say anything. And he says, just so you know, Doctor, while you were gone, they erected a multiphasic shield over the sick bay. You're gonna have to get the captain's permission to lower it before you go inside.
3: I will call the captain. Dr. McCrell to Oh, yeah, Dr. McCrell to Captain Soul. And is it a thing Chief that will figure out what and who
1: is in my sick bay right now, Dr. McCrell?
3: Yes. Uh Bingo. right now, thank you. <laughs> All right Chief, if you could just lower it for a brief moment.
6: oh sure. here we go. You ready? Deactivates. Yes. All, All right. right.
0: I'm gonna go in. Everybody moves away from the door because as it opens, this sudden like spike of temperature drop just like this downward spike as the temperature outside the sick bay plummets 30 degrees, 40 degrees and then closes behind you. Force field comes back up. You see Exio, wonderment on her face, looking at these creatures that I've described. And now that you're face to face with them, McCrell, whoa, this is way different than anything you've experienced before. This is and these. I gave birth creatures.
3: to a crisp. I gave birth to a crystal baby. I mean, nothing really yeah. shocks me, but
0: Yeah. So you approach, you have the tuning fork in hand.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna try. Okay. Awesome. Ding. I'm excited.
0: No. no reaction.
3: Okay. Can I try G?
0: You continue to move throughout the notes, trying yeah. the different spectrums of sound off this tuning fork. They don't seem to respond to it. And at about that point, Olin arrives on the scene, stepping in, in a in a vac suit as well. Oh and the moment you walk in you see the same thing described to everybody else. It doesn't look like they've advanced at all, but they are sort of hovering there and subtlety would suggest that they are in fact moving in place. There is a body language here, but you're not exactly sure what you're looking at, except for these, these giant spherics, ice blocks of shards and stalagmites and stalagmites kind of jammed in together just forming these like balls of rock. They're translucent and glowing, light blue.
2: Welcome, all of you. Very lovely. Thank
0: you. You are sensing confusion.
2: They don't seem to be reacting to sound, actually, Olin. Um, it's possible that's not actually how they listen.
0: Olin, you can now make an insight command check now that you're here in person.
2: May I assist them?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
5: Let's see. uh... Um i to figure out if I have any Ugh. focuses that
2: would. I might be able to help you. I gotta remember what my advisor thing does.
3: <laughs> uh, that's a reroll. Have...
2: Is I it can a re-roll? assist with like a
3: xenobiology.
2: I think I can give you a reroll.
5: Do we have momentum for me to buy a die as well?
3: Mm, we should.
0: Yeah, you guys should be stocked up, I think.
3: I have, an, I have a focus on xenobiology if that's a better
5: assist. What's my difficulty?
0: The difficulty for this is four.
5: Okay. Um, okay. Cool. I think none. I think three died. It's been so long since I've done a like a full on roll. Okay.
0: Here
2: we go. <laughs> it has. It's been a while.
0: You're like but I'm not assisting. I'm not did
2: assisting you say I'm not rolling for the Ross? Okay. Did, did, mm-hmm. did you say which of us would be more helpful, Eric? um whether an insight would help or mccrell's you know biology
0: um
3: with
2: mike mm.
0: at this point now that you're in the room mccrell either you or Exio could assist with this conceivably
2: go for it mccrell i already did my insight um okay which i offered over comms so that information
5: is coming
0: to play yeah
2: cool okay Can can
5: i use my linguistics talent yes Okay.
0: That is, Control medicine? Somebody from Starfleet, that is exactly what that baby's designed for. So yeah, you can try to translate what they're talking to you, what they're saying.
3: Okay, here we go. Control medicine, Eric, I'm assuming?
0: Uh, no, this would be insight medicine.
3: Insight medicine? Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Four, six, five successes. See what I mean? Y'all are just nailing this stuff. Okay. You focus as you're hearing this chiming noise. McCrell giving you a sense of, like, their body language by describing some of the fluctuations and the patterns that have formed across the surfaces of these these shards of ice that apparently have coalesced together. And as you're listening, if you didn't know any better, judging also from what you're feeling, you're getting the sense, Olin, that they don't know that you're there. Like, they can't physically see you like they're aware that something is around them but they now seem like they're not moving because if you didn't know any better if this was you and this was an away team this might be what you would look like if you stopped everything you do, you're do you doing and we're running a tricorder scan on everything they seem like they're a little confused and alarmed Exio's presence might be registering to them McCrell maybe But it's hard to say. You're seeing through them as translucent beings. It's possible they are not aware that you are on this ship. Or that they are on a ship.
5: Interesting. I don't think they know we're here. I don't think they can see or feel us. I don't even think they know they're on a ship. Something about us Attracted them, but I have no idea what it is.
3: They were ghost hunters.
5: (laughs) What were we doing right before they sent a funnel to us?
2: Scanning.
5: Can you run your tricorder through those, through that really fast one more time?
0: i do uh make a reason science check
3: look at me doing all these science
5: roles Woo.
0: Mm-hmm. you can I make a medicine that... check here you don't oh, have to yeah. you are aware now because before you were just trying to that. scan what they were doing yeah
5: i think i also kind of relay this up to uh the captain and the cat as well
0: okay
2: I believe we're all on an open comms. This is an active yeah. red alert situation. Yeah, <laughs> alert. Yeah. alert.
0: I'm going to set the difficulty for that roll at zero since you're literally just running a scan to see if they react to the scan, so gain two momentum. Um, the best way I could describe it, Olin, is there is an acknowledgement of something. Like, <laughs> inquisitive a feeling of... Did you hear something? (laughs) Is kind of how it comes off. You feel... And you can all at that point, as the scan happens, you can hear chimes again. The clinking sound, again, like wind chimes, delicately tapping each other in the breeze.
5: They react to active scans.
0: So we have to figure out how
3: a scan can communicate our intentions.
5: Uh, I don't know that Captain Soul necessarily wants their entire bridge crew down here, but I don't see why we shouldn't call the cat as well. And the two of you could probably figure out something.
0: Uh, if I can make a suggestion as a GM. or sure. This would be Jordy and Data trying to help. So I would say this is Lacat in Tech oh. that would probably be able to help here.
5: Coolio. Just,
0: just um. doing, yeah. As somebody who's like understanding of metaphysic energy and using the information that Exio has been able to gather with McCrell and now you.
2: I mean, okay. I think that, uh, yeah, I was just going to say I, I. I then I will put in a formal request for Lacat, uh, Lieutenant Lacat, Chief Tech, and Doctor Yugas. Yeah, um,
4: I think that if Jane's been on the group chat and the channel's been open, I think that okay. Jane is like, her current like hypothesis right now that's forming is that um, that like she's going back to what Dr. Yuga said earlier today about existing on two different frequencies, and she's pretty sure that like that's what's happening with these creatures right now, is that they're okay. on a different frequency than we are.
0: So as everyone's assembling down and getting ready to do this, Captain, on the view screen, it's you and Vryn On the view screen from where you are at Stations Keeping, this even from this distance, you can see the brilliant pinpoint of blinding light of that hypergiant in the distance. Um, Vryn glances down at the console and just says, no indication that we're being pursued, Captain. I, I think that did it. I think we lost them.
1: Yes, and separated them. We'll hold until we can get communication, but I assume eventually we're going to have to return them, so... Maybe study how that last one went. If we have to go back in to return whoever is on our ship, I don't want them to tag us again when we do it.
0: Well, now that we have multiphasic shielding, that'll be a little harder, but... We won't be able to last long inside the system once we arrive without shields that can protect us from the radiation.
1: Well, we'll just have to be very quick about it then. Thank you. Captain. I can do
0: that. I Captain.
1: All right. Let's see what our various technically minded folk come up with, and we can prepare.
0: Friend swivels back towards the controls and then pauses and glances at the relief ensign to his right at the science station. Then pauses and swivels back to face you and says, Captain, permission to speak freely?
1: Granted.
0: I like this better than hunting cloaked Romulans, sir. Just wanted to... It's nice. Scary ice creatures. Nice. Change of pace. Sir.
1: Change of pace. You know what? It is that.
0: (laughs) Sol having this moment of Satori where you're just like, huh, yes. (laughs) As a matter of fact, (laughs) you see Vryn is reacting like he's expecting to get into trouble for saying something irrelevant. In this moment of quiet but when you give the affirmation he just goes yeah yeah <laughs> turns back to the to the helm and he's like exploring
1: that common tail tags us again you'll be hunting romulans for the rest of your days
0: aye captain down in sick bay tech and Lecat have stepped in wearing vac suits and you're seeing face-to-face now what Exio, who, by the way, is a testament, again, to just sort of like the, the awe-inspiring presence of Exio. The fact that you are in an incredibly lethal, inhospitable environment. And Exio is just standing there like she always does. Full uniform, polite smile on her face, in front of these beings that have circled around her specifically. While Olin and McCrell have been just like conferring back and forth and comparing notes. Um, the two of you are now down there. Um, if you want I will let you spend a point of momentum for an obtain information because this is one of those moments in STA where the storyteller is allowed to advise the players that there is a piece of information here. And since you guys have almost completely formed the puzzle, it's not a leap of logic to say that upon arrival and seeing the situation and knowing what you guys know, that you and LaCat would start piecing this together.
6: Mm-hmm. So and I'm gonna, do I'm, gonna that. That.
0: I'm gonna make that an expenditure for momentum, though. Yes. Is okay. it just two or one? Uh, let's give it two. Make it two points okay. of momentum. So.
6: <laughs> Shouldn't have asked, but yeah. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's good stuff though. Because you and Lacat are comparing your notes of the sensor data, but what really draws it out to you, Chief, is you begin to realize that metaphasic energies will can interact with each other. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that you might be able to communicate across a metaphasic frequency, which is
6: entirely possible. And we know what that frequency is. Yes. And we do. Okay. Let's dance, LaCat. Let's
4: boogie.
2: Don't try. They won't be able to see it. I already tried.
6: Oh, metaphorically. Ah, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Metaphasically.
2: I was just about to say, don't you mean
5: metaphasically? Yeah.
6: Okay.
0: Go ahead, this is gonna, you're gonna be modi- What are you, are you specifically, I'm guessing you're modifying a tricorder here to emit like a pulse, or like a communication pulse, or?
6: Actually, it might be better to modify a phaser, right?
1: Not a multi-phaser.
6: Mm-hmm. A multi-phaser? <laughs> <laughs> Just so that we can change the pulse of it. It's sort of like a, a frequency emitter. If you fire a
0: phaser using multiphasic energy, you will be able to create something that they could conceivably see.
6: And then I would like to potentially like mimic some of the patterns that are are on them. Okay. Even just to establish a baseline of a language.
0: So so are you trying to use visualizations or are you trying to mimic the sounds that they're making?
6: Well, I'm hoping- Which would you prefer? Through visual that, well, it, everything has been through sound so far. That's all of the data that we've gotten.
0: Yes, but they, they're they not aware that you're there because none of it has been multiphasic. Like you have- We're making th-
6: visual contact. Visually? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So go ahead and um, this is gonna be an engineering, it's gonna be, yeah, your engineering check. And Lacat. you can use your reason science to assist on this. Difficulty is gonna be five. You've got your Wait.
6: values. Wait, before this goes further, can I, Use it to adjust if, adjust the emitters, the holographic emitters that you have in there. If we're doing something visual, might as well make Exeo visual. Yes.
2: I was Let's just researching. I was like, can hologram become multiphasic? Can I just do that? Because
0: that you be could conceivably channel a multiphasic energy pulse through Exeo's emitter to make her at least temporarily phase half in and half out. Uh, Exio, yeah. um Yeah. This is going to be a unique experience for you. Bring it. All right. Okay, with so, your permission. Difficulty <laughs> is going to be five on this. This is going to be your reason. In, this is going to be your engineering check and a reason science check. Yeah, Olin, you looked like you wanted to say something. Ross. Oh. Uh, yeah, the Ross is going to assist on this one. The Ross is probably going to use. <laughs> on this, the Ross is going to definitely be using. I would say, mm, I would say computers and. Yeah, computers and science.
6: I would like to, oh, you said the difficulty was five still for this, even though we're, okay. Uh, I would like to to burn a value. Um, Now I know we're doing visual, but it's more the spirit of don't hear, listen. It's like, look beyond what it is, okay. So let's, I'll use, I'll burn a determination for two successes. Okay. And uh, one more, one more momentum. Okay.
5: Sorry, I was holding up the two for for that that auto success because um, I haven't rolled yet.
6: Okay. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In the in the future, we'll definitely want to wait until Xander's finished rolling, and then we'll do the. That's why uh, I held up the
5: two because sure, I Yeah.
6: Momentum. Yeah, you're keeping track of that. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um. Okay. And then, uh, control engineering. I'm gonna uh, one other one for cautious engineering for another guy. Okay.
0: Die. Awesome.
6: Mm. Two.
0: Two, One so four. Okay. Five. <gasps> All right, you nailed it.
6: Oh yeah, and I had to, okay. Exio, okay,
0: okay. the world around you begins to,
6: <laughs>
0: as your emitter begins to pulse in a way that it's never really happened before. You're seeing the, the sickbay, the people around you almost seem to fade from existence the detail that you're seeing around you from the sick bay including the glowing lights all become a melding of bizarre visuals as you start stepping into the world of their perceptive abilities they become more sharpened they become more resolute you begin to see them in a more solid state and there is a loud chiming sound as this happens not only because it seems like they're reacting to you but now it seems like you're actually on the frequency in which you can hear them completely And as that happens, the Federation database that you have access to as a commander on the starship Mm -hmm. begins to immediately process different types of linguistic codes that the Federation has encountered. Because this is not the first time the Federation has come across life forms that function by using sonic patterns. Yeah. Crystalline Entity is just an example of one of them. And you begin to get not a generalized language, but as somebody who's new to Shakespeare, you get the gist of what they're exclaiming, what they're saying, what they're experiencing. And Olin, you are flooded with emotion suddenly as you feel alarm, surprise, wonderment, shock. You see all of this and you definitely feel like they, you're watching Exio just go, kind of fade from existence in front of you as they sort of slide into another dimension for a second as these energy pulses are pummeling down this, uh, this emitter. Exio, your program is not going to be able to hold this for very long, but no. for now, you can communicate with them.
2: Uh, can see. As the chimes, or as myself.
0: You can use the Federation database and actually vocalize chimes.
2: Okay, uh, I'm going to attempt to do that. Um, I will add that uh, this transition, her programming is interpreting um, this shift in, in in its programming and, and designation as it's giving Exio the hiccups. So <laughs> um, she is saying, "Hello, I am Exio uh, of, of the uh, Federation." Who? <clears throat> um. It's a pleasure to meet you.
0: There is a Is there any
2: chimes happening?
0: Yes, chimes in response. And Olin, whatever XEO's doing is having a reaction. You can Forgive. oh you you can feel this wonderment from them now. And then a rising excitement.
2: Forgive us, we were not aware that we were taking you from your home. We thought that you were intruder.
0: The chimes begin to sound out, and Exio, what you get a gist of is their curiosity, their concern, and then more concern.
2: Do not be alarmed. We are in the process of returning you home. We just want to make sure that it is safe to do so from both of our teams.
0: With Exio's interpretation, you're starting to get more and more, Olin, of a definitive feeling from them. Exio, as the chimes start coming through, you start being able to make out basic rudimentary communicative patterns. And it starts to form in your mind of the way they're trying to communicate. It looks like they too are trying to mimic what you're doing to find like a base root language. (laughs) Oh no. So what you interpret to be what might be a hiccup is coming off like a chirping sound on top of this clanking noise. And the (laughs) basic message that you get back from these beings is we come in peace. A classic line presented to you. It's almost surreal as you start to translate this basic rudimentary knowledge.
2: We come in peace. Oh. Well. Well. Likewise. <laughs> uh, sorry to oh, have spooked you there earlier. Um, welcome aboard the USS Ross.
0: Judging from their reactions, XEO, that was a little complicated for them. There's a conference between each other and they don't seem to understand, but you get the sense of the word explorers come back at you.
2: I say, home. Uh, I say, explorers, and point to myself, and okay. um, yeah, and uh, we will bring you h- home.
0: Vryn, at the helm glances back at you, Captain, as y'all are watching this on the on like a side window of the main view screen. Well,
1: what are you waiting for? Take us in. They come in peace
0: hi captain engaging warp drive it takes about 20 seconds
2: i may not be able to communicate longer but it was lovely to meet you i can feel the like programming wearing off and not being compatible.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it beginning to- more,
2: <laughs> it's just too <sighs> much hiccuping.
0: Okay. So, Exio, you begin to feel fluctuation and the light, the, the pattern of your program itself is actually starting to lose consistency. You're watching your fingers de-resolve. It's not dangerous. It just means you're gonna lose yeah. your form here. You're just watching I, it kind of-
2: I just creepily say like, <laughs> as the last thing is, we'll be right here. Mm-hmm. Still,
0: so to simulate the the stress your program underwent, I'm going to ask XEO for the first time since this game started. You're going to take two points of stress damage.
1: Yay! <laughs> didn't you take stress for the Dill Warp Core incident?
0: Uh, oh, that might be true. You might be right. Did I? Yes. Yeah, I, you might I, be right. Because, I
1: certainly did. just oh, emotionally. No, no,
0: she didn't. It was the it was the portable emitter. It was the ring. My, my hit, ring, the ring took
2: damage. Hit. Yeah,
0: because you were in an antimatter chamber at the time. And I like to think that Dill's out there, floating among the stars, making new friends. Um,
2: <clears throat> Maybe that was the carpet, just like a thousand years later. God.
0: Upon arrival in the system, the first thing that happens is the computer an al- chimes an alert that radiation levels are approaching dangerous levels immediately. But what also happens, Captain, is on the view screen you see the comet, just this ball of ice, which upon this distance of looking at and with that high resolution sensors you see the same patterns that are showing up on the surface of these ice creatures formed all across the entire surface of this 34 kilometer ball of ice. And it comes to a slowed stop as you see a tendril of this mist reach out to The Ross.
1: I think that's their ride. Sure
4: looks like it. Uh,
0: metaphasic shields are up. Do you want to lower them? What would you like to do?
1: Commander?
2: Are passengers ready to go? I believe so, Captain. I've lost communication with them at the moment, but I did tell them that they were going home.
1: Very well. Prepare to drop multi shields.
0: Setting a window. Shields will be down for about five seconds, Captain. Should be enough time to get them out of here.
1: Good. My mark. Three, two, one. Mark.
0: Bringing shields offline the Ross immediately brings shields offline and the klaxon of deadly levels of radiation begin to blare. You see these, these creatures immediately you see ice begin to form on the hull as they pull away reconnecting with that tendril of mist and McCrell, you watch as your window goes and reform all around the sick bay stretching all the way up as the glass knits itself back together and they are gone initiating um, shields by the way mccrell everyone on board is going to have to get inoculated now
3: yes i'm going to have a very busy afternoon
0: We've got two days worth of work and yes. all all sick bays on board the ross are going to be a little busy for the next few hours uh, um, question
3: everything that was in sick bay um is it all is it all back to normal
0: Yes, the computers all start coming back online. What about the botany?
3: What about the botany in the corner? Did that any
0: you? biological life that was exposed is dead.
3: So From my home. entire oh. my entire batch of plants that I was working on with that substance that Sorex brought me. Yep, that's what I
2: wanted to know. Thank you. you uh, Exio doesn't know the implications of this, but she does say. I'm sure Lieutenant Laquette can help you. I hear she's quite skilled at plants.
0: That is actually true.
2: How many momentum? To say
1: that one of the nurses on the team knows how much that means to you, and grab them when you evac. You had everyone evac.
0: Created advantage. Let's
2: say two momentum. Two momentum. Do it. that. Yeah, you know Good. what. <laughs> You're crying over Our one- crew, like, there's crew? Your crew loves you. Ox I mean, I still, crew, had, I
0: still had- Ox crew saw what was happening. But... Ox crew saw what was happening, yeah. you ordered the evacuation, they grabbed They grabbed what they could when they bolted.
2: They grabbed my little plants. You're crying you. over one batch and one of the nurses rushes back in. I, I got it.
0: <laughs> I got it. On the view screen, Captain, Good. it's right now, Everybody is down in sickbay having communicated with these creatures. Y'all are watching as they withdraw. Kind of enchanted by the fact that the one word that's left in ringing in everybody's ears as these beings withdraw is the word explorers. Adding a context to watching that mist stream flow all the way back to this comet, which begins to change course. Friend doesn't say anything, he doesn't have to, as you watch the comet resume its course towards that ring of mist around. And it starts to occur to you, Captain, that orc cloud surrounding that hypergiant star is their home, perhaps their home world, perhaps an entire collection of metaphasic ice beings that send these balls of ice out into the universe to explore, and on their way back home, they had a first contact. And you watch this glowing blue marble take off towards that great huge wonder of the universe. And it's when it sinks into you as a result. This is a new life. The old one's gone now. And this is just the first test run of the new sensor system.
6: Just the tip of the iceberg. Literally.
3: <laughs> Airlock. Xander, <laughs> I live with you. I can actually punch you later. So, <laughs> Thank you, random nurse, for saving my plants.
0: <laughs> That'll do it for us tonight. If this was a TNG episode, you would see the exterior of the Ross observing this as main shields come back online and that blue glow rejoin that cloud around the hypergiant star as the credits begin to roll
3: and a very long line going into sickbay as the entire
0: <laughs> ox crew is going to have to glow sure. across the ship as everyone is like oh we got to go get inoculated now before radiation sickness sets in Um, spray for you spray for you
3: spray for you (laughs) you'll get radiation poisoning you'll get get radiation radiation poisoning
0: guys well done solving a very tricky mystery tonight with not a lot of data at your disposal you made the leaps in logic of your imagination to actually uncover exactly what was going on and with a little bit of help through those momentum spins managed to put together that last bit of information so well done y'all get to decide what to name this system. You're going to report back. Just think about this. Uh, You've made first contact again with a new intelligent species that exists partially out of reality, out of phase with reality.
5: Exio got to be cool like she always is.
0: (laughs) For For those reports,
2: Exio and Olin are going to be doing a full language deep dive to be able to replicate to see if they ever at one moment said what they were called or if they called each other anything or any of that. So I would like to have an actual translation of what we heard.
0: Okay. With, yeah. Uh, yeah. All that data to have to put together from the language you picked up. So lots of data to process.
2: And we have it all recorded. So we can just record going it over and over again. <laughs> so.
0: All right. That's going to do it for us tonight for this episode of clear skies. Ox crew, everybody, thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for joining us for this wonderful journey through the stars. We will see you next Monday night. Until then, my friends, healing frequencies are closed.